Hey, guys and girls. Yeah, I said that. Boys and girls, it's the Robert Scott Bell Show. About to crank it up for uh, another broadcast healing session. It is the 2nd of August, 2023, and I don't know where I am. <laughs> I've just been, like, call me Farmer RSB. I've been out in, in collecting more apricots for you. For those of you who haven't figured out, you can call in and maybe win some. These are, I, I freeze-dried them, packed them up. This one was packaged on the 31st of July. And if you want some, possibly you could win some. You got to call in 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Leave a message as to why you listen to or watch the Robert Scott Bell Show, even if it's for Super Don. And you might be eligible to win. We'll see about that. Anyway, we've got Dr. Layla Ali. Now, we've had Layla Ali, Muhammad Ali's daughter on, but this is a different Layla Ali, spelled differently, of course, and She's got quite a history, background in pharmacy and and a book on cancer. I think we'll have a great time uh, talking with her. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, well, predictions on mental health. They're saying one in two Americans will suffer with mental health, some kind of disorder, if they aren't not already there uh, sometime in their lifetime. Uh, more errors in disease diagnosis causing uh, di disease, decay, death, mayhem, et cetera. And these aren't being caused by homeopaths, by the way. And kombucha, it's on for diabetes. It's good for diabetes. Yeah, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more. Y'all share the show, please. RobertScottBell.com slash listen for the chat room. We'll check it out. What's going on there? You tell us. And we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, as I opened the, uh, the latest edition of The Robert Scott Bell Show, for those of you listening and watching live August 2nd, 2023, uh, I've come to the conclusion that I am high maintenance. Yes, that's right. Surprise, surprise. Did I say I was a diva? Well, sometimes I do. Super Don can validate that or not. And uh, we've had some Zoom AMAs where uh, some have uh, tried to claim that I wasn't a diva. And I'm like, you know, what do I got to do to be a diva around here? But I will recognize I'm high maintenance. How do I know that? Well, my wife, my daughter, they're out uh, on the East Coast visiting with her mother. And honey, come home. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. I tried to get through this very morning. Each morning gets a little bit more difficult. Running the uh, household taking care of all the basic things that, oh uh, my gosh, on top of doing what I do, I'm not, I'm not asking for the world's smallest violin. I'm just laughing at myself and hopefully you can laugh with me or at me. I don't care. Uh, but uh, it's been a crazy morning. It's good. Good morning. I'm getting things done, but man, dropping things everywhere. You don't want to see the kitchen, honey. I promise you. It, it doesn't look like when you're here, uh, but I've been harvesting, uh, apricots by the hundreds and, uh, freeze drying them, cutting them up, freeze drying. So I'm having to, you know, almost as fast as it's done to frost it, come in, change the oil on it, do all of that. Got a couple of cats, cat litters and all that. Get, not complaining. Not, I'm not complaining. I'm just laughing at myself to say, if I was ever under the illusion, Super Don, that, and I'm not, but You're if I were. complaining a little bit. A little bit, just a little yes, bit. You Maybe are. My wife you are complaining watching, so a little hurry bit. Hurry home. Uh, I'm just, it's just, <laughs> dude. It's like, I'm not built the way some people are built. And, and particularly, you know, my wife is amazing. 
I've said it many times. I couldn't do this, what I do without her. And she's like, sometimes going, I don't do anything wrong. Are you kidding me? It's a, I think in general, a very underappreciated job that they've got. Really? Honestly, you know, I mean, I've seen, I've seen studies in the past where they, they've taken like, uh, you know, the, 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 the mom slash housewife, yeah. You know, and taking all of the jobs and then uh, compared those to like the workforce, you know, the equivalent, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, you know, these uh, moms and, and these wives, they should be making like six figures for what they do. Yeah, I don't think I could afford her. No, there's no way. Uh, it, it's just it, <laughs> it's your good looks and your charm that uh, clearly you got lucky. Yeah, huh? yeah clearly. No, I have great, great fortune uh, in that regard. And um, you know how it is. You don't appreciate when. You're well until you get sick, oftentimes, right? And 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 because I've been and sick, us guys have a really right. bad reputation about that too. Yeah, from what I hear, we're a bunch right. of whiskeys, like, right? If we're sick, we're what we do they blind. call that? The man flu or the something like flu, that? Right. Yeah, where you? I'd like to think we're tougher than that, but I I gotta acknowledge it. But I will say, because of the first 24 years of my life, I suffered greatly despite functioning and fighting through things because it was just how it was my body. It was that was normal to me, but knowing that it wasn't healthy. And finding a way to be healthy, as I said, you know, in my 50s, wherever in them, mid, late, whoever's talking, uh, and and having the vitality and the energy and the functionality that I have today, I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, which is why people say, hey, how come you eat? How can you eat that way? How can you be so disciplined to eat organic? I'm like, dude, if you've been miserable like I was in a physical body and you connect the two dots and you go, it's the food. Hey, stupid, it's the food, talking to myself. And you, you, you change the food and you're like, oh, I feel great. And you're like, why don't you go back and just eat some of this other stuff? I'm like, I don't want to feel bad. I'm very practical about this. Uh, and also, you know, the cancer issue. I've talked about that too, Super D. And in my family, uh, my uncle died of the treatment for cancer. He was a physician, a doctor as well. And uh, many, many of my relatives, elders, uh, grandparents died of cancer or treatment of cancer. So it was, uh, you know, the co- talk about running in your family. But none of them, to my knowledge, because I asked them about their childhood when they were alive, of course, Okay, I could have seanced them in, I guess, but no, I didn't do that. They were alive, and I asked them questions. Hey, you know, what was it like when you were – I didn't say hey. It probably was nice. Hey, you. Hey, you. Grandma, grandpa. When you were a kid, were you sick like me? Did you have chronic diseases like me? Did you have allergies like me? On and on it goes. And even my dad would say no, or he did say. Uh, we had, you know, a sickly kid in the, in the class. That's about it. We'd get a cold or flu, and we'd be on our way like nothing happened. And so I'm chronically ill for my entire young life thinking, you know, retrospectively now looking and going, wait a second, they're dying of cancer in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and maybe 80s, but, and I'm here in my 20s at the time, or actually in my teen years at the time, looking ahead and going, wait, they weren't sick and they're dying of, oh, this is this doesn't look good for me. Do you see how I, my mind worked? I put two and two together. I was like, there's got to be a better way. I didn't know it because I was raised medically, pharmaceutically. And then figured out that the doctors, as smart as they were to get their degrees, they did not know a lick about health and healing other than acute intervention for trauma, bullet wounds, you know, uh, accidents of some kind. And so it led me again years later to homeopathic medicine, something I never knew, never heard of until 24 years of age. And didn't look back other than to see all that I didn't know and all that my fellow Americans and people of planet Earth don't know or didn't know. And try to bring that to the attention of those who are ready. And more people than ever are ready, Super Don. Despite all of the censorship. Despite all of the deplatforming. I would say a lot of them are because of the censorship. Yeah. Welcome right? to the Robert Yabell Show. If you're watching you the, the docu-series Remedy, 
and been enjoying that. It's been amazing. And there's, I think, a couple of more episodes to go maybe. But welcome. You're welcome here. And so I just, you know, the short version of it is I dedicated my life to health and healing and to empower you to heal yourself just as I've been able to do with help, of course. But ultimately, I had to walk the walk. I have to walk the walk. You have to walk the walk. It's your choice. And I, I would never take that choice away from you, including the choice to make poor decisions like we all do from time to time, like choosing doctors that don't, don't, I'd say don't give a crap, but they don't take a crap. I mean, they don't crap. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're so not enough anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. They're not eliminating anything and they're full of, you know what? And you're like, <laughs> you didn't figure out that if you want a doctor, the first question you ask them is how often do you take it? Well, okay. Let's say it nicely. How often do you have a bowel movement doctor? You mean you go two or three times a week? That's not good. You know, if they're not going at least as much as you or more, then they're not qualified. Find somebody else. And so I I come back to, right, I'm competent at some things. My point is in opening and going, I'm, you know, feeling it. Help, honey, hump, come on. That any one of us has great areas of expertise and you're adept. Like Super Don, you can do certain things with your eyes closed. You're that good, Right. And then you would find, yes, you are. I'm not saying what they are. I didn't talk to your wife today about that. <laughs> but I'm just, hey, now, come on. I, I was just saying uh, about the ability to do things, really do it well. And then there are things that we're a little less competent at, maybe less practiced at. And I just want to acknowledge that as good as I am at some things, I could really be bad at certain other things. And I'm okay with that, but I just opened it up and go, Help. <laughs> All right. So in other words, yeah. Nancy, get your butt home. Get your tissue. Come home. on. You see what see what what's happening? Schedule here? to come home tomorrow. Anyway, come on. I, I'm not complaining, even though Super Don thinks I'm complaining. I'm just telling you how much you are needed and loved and appreciated. Uh not that you see what time it is? What what is it? Thirteen minutes into the show and I'm complaining still. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. My producer is like giving me you know what. All right. <laughs> First story, and I'm going to do a brief version of it because we'll have Dr. Layla Ali joining us momentarily. And she'll comment on this, too. Uh, it's from The Defender. Scientific publishing is hugely profitable. It's also highly compromised and broken. For decades, medical journals have been plagued by a failure of peer review, replication crisis, ghostwriting, and the influence of big pharma. Some critics say the scientific publishing industry is dead. Others believe it's just sick and salvageable. I don't know. I will say it's a disaster, yes. And, you know, Dr. Marsha Engel, who we had on years ago, uh, she was the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, I believe it was, and she said you couldn't tell the difference anymore. You you can't, you don't know what's real and not in peer-reviewed publications. And now it's not just that which becomes peer-reviewed and published, but it's that which is going on to what we call the preprint uh, servers, right? You, you can't put notice, hey, this is, a, this is something we're looking at. We're going to be... Uh, Submitting this to journal or journals and the preprint, it wasn't a big deal. Most people didn't even know about it until COVID crazy happened. And then there were preprints that are just normal to put out there before peer review that were critical of various health, public health policies under COVID masking, injections. Uh, controversies over drugs, remdesivir or ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. And now suddenly, there was censorship not only happening in terms of retractions of existing peer-reviewed articles, which questioned certain things like vaccination. That you know that is the the uh, the sacrament in the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism, and, and now simply 
pre-printing things that would call into question many of the public health policies during COVID or post-COVID is getting you tagged and removed from preprint. And this is an article uh, under Sensible Medicine, sensiblemed.substack.com. This is Vinay Prasad. MedRxiv, uh, Med SSRN, have repeatedly taken down or blocked preprints on articles critical of the CDC, masks, or vaccine mandates. They're not even fully published. They're just preprints. Hey, this is going on. And what they're finding, of course, is that things that are less vigorous in terms of study design, et cetera, are remaining up there on the preprints because they're not controversial. They don't call into question any of the sacred cows of the pharmaceutical church or cult or death cult. And they're fine, but you got a preprint and it ends up getting published anyway because the, st the studies are, are real rock solid, you know. But oh my gosh, what they show. So the conclusion is from Vinay Prasad, I'm going to read that and then we're going to bring in Dr. Layla Ali. Preprint servers are being used to censor views critical of the CDC and policy errors made by the Democratic administration, Biden administration. The basis for denial or rejection is not consistent with other articles nor the principles and rules of the server. If only papers that praise the CDC are acceptable by preprint servers, then the role of science as a check and balance on incorrect policy is subverted. I'm very concerned by what is going on at these servers. Read the articles and see for yourself. And there it is. You can link to it yourself in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Now, we've had Layla Ali, the, the uh, daughter of Muhammad Ali before, but this is a namesake, but spelled differently. And she's got a different background in history. I'm, I, but I think that Layla Ali, our friend, would appreciate this Layla Ali. She's got a fresh perspective on health as a pharmacist, of all things, interesting enough. We have her linked up at Dr. Layla Ali, spelled L-E-A-Y, I'm sorry, L-E-Y-L-A and L-E-A-L-I.com. If you're confused about that, just go to the Robert Scott Bell Show website and you can learn about it. She also has a number of books um, and we'll get into that as well. But Dr. Layla Ali, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Glad you're here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You can hear me. We're all good. Yes, it's great. Great to hear and see you. It looks like, is that a real brick wall or a green screen behind you? That is just a tapestry, I guess you say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I have a green screen that looks a little, but you know, it, it doesn't always work well. So, you know what it looks like? You're doing like a stand up comedy show at one of those things, and often you have a brick wall background. And we just learned that you also do stand up comedy. Yeah, you got to kind of vent it out. You can't be too serious all the time. You know what I mean? So you got to mix it up a little bit. That is for sure. I tell you, man, with all the seriousness out there, I would just be crying all the time if we couldn't find reasons to laugh. So I appreciate that so very much. Exactly. Uh, your journey into the land of pharmacy and getting a doctorate and all of that, and then uh, I guess opening your eyes and ears and heart to see and, and feel things differently. I, I don't know much about your journey. I apologize. I want to learn about what you're doing because I like it. Well, I really appreciated how you said your degree. I thought that was great, you know. And I agree too. We don't want constipated doctors, right? Nobody wants that. So, but um, I'm glad you're laughing about that too. Yeah, I'm on that too. But I grew up like you. My my father was a medical doctor and a surgeon, actually, and um, he actually delivered all of us. He did heart surgeries. He was kind of really like they're more specialized now. I don't think he could do what he did, but I didn't know there was anything. Uh, I didn't know there was anything else. And I think he always just kind of talked down upon it like it was fraud. Mm -hmm. There were people like we had in our whole closet, we had a, a whole closet full of medications. So when someone was sick, there was always something there to feel better. And so when I wanted to go to pharmacy school, I wanted to continue that and, and understand it. But my epiphanies along the way, one was when we were learning about rheumatoid arthritis. And I was like, 
you know, because my my mother has it, my brother, her sister, they all had knee replacements. And I'm like, and then when I saw what they did, they did a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. And after that, they suppress it. They don't know the cause. And they do a second medication. Then they start suppressing the immune system. And I'm like, well, that does not feel safe. You know, that does not feel like a path I want to go down. Mm. And then the second one was about cleansing and detox. And everybody was talking about that. And I'm like, I'm not a pharmacy school. I don't know anything about that. So I asked a friend of mine and he brought me over a couple of books and it said 95% of diseases are caused by what you eat. I'm like, well, that can't be true. I just got out of a pharmacy <laughs> school and I have a doctor degree. Like somebody would have told me about that. Right. And I actually pulled out our therapeutics book, 1600 pages. And mm-hmm. I started looking at the cause of common diseases, acid reflux. It said, the causes are multifactorial and not completely understood. Acne, rheumatoid, all this was just like jibber jabber that we memorized for a test and we marked it off and nothing that made any sense. And so that's the point where I go, something's seriously wrong here. I was really angry and upset. I spent all this time and energy and money to be a healthcare practitioner and these basics of health I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So that kind of started my journey to go off and start learning about the holistic. I was in Long Beach, California, and I started holding a mixer and we would have a monthly mixture where holistic practitioners would come and they would offer 10 minute sessions. And from there, I got to meet a lot of people and I got to see people that heal themselves from things that we learned were incurable, you know? And that's so cool. Yeah. So that was pretty amazing. And then that was that from that time, it, that's my first book. This one, the off balance, the American way of health pharmacist perspective on why drugs don't work. And so that's from the time I have my comparison to Western medicine and holistic. And I also have interviews with people that healed themselves like eight people chronic fatigue, which of course we don't learn about in front. We give them antidepressants, right? We give them Prozac if you're like, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, pain, just things that were taught were incurable. And also a medical doctor that left medicine to do Ayurvedic medicine, the Indian traditional, and then a pharmacist that left to do Chinese medicine. And so those have really great perspective understanding both sides, you know? So. Wow. I'm blown away already by uh, your backstory. I'm, I'm like wondering, how did we not connect sooner? I don't know. Actually, you, know well, I, you know, and you know a few people that I'm surrounded by now, too. So it seems yeah, like I'm certain. Yeah. There's another book here that, that you've written called the so you've been diagnosed with cancer and now you're in a panic. Yeah. Cancer and overview of options, a handbook. Uh, and, you know, this is very appropriate with with so much of what I grew up with, with cancer in my family. And the big C was the dreaded, you know, word, of course, and usually meant a death sentence. Of course, our, my friends Ty and Charlene Bollinger and many others have said, you know, cancer doesn't have to be a death sentence. We know that now. We also had a, a discussion yesterday with uh, a graphic designer who came up with another theory of cancer called cell suppression. It was fascinating yesterday on, on the air. Mm. Uh, there's so much, as you point out, that when you start digging into the medical literature, so that they, they just don't know. And yeah. even the mechanisms of certain many, well, certain or many drugs, they don't know either. And yet they would accuse me as a homeopath of being some kind of heretic for not being scientific. I'm like, dude, I've looked into your science. I'm not impressed. Right. And, you know, the drug companies are re- responsible for getting the studies done on the drugs they're going to make money from. And so they always say with holistic, there's no studies. And they act like we have this high standard. It's like we don't have a high standard. We have drug companies suppressing things that show it doesn't work and suppressing the side effects. So that's, yeah, that's, and they always do that. Oh, it's not FDA. Like we would learn about herbs in pharmacy school, but it's not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. Like always discrediting. And as soon as they taught it in one elective class, that's all they had left when I was in pharmacy school. So... 
So yeah. if we if we are to believe that that which is unapproved by the FDA is dangerous, that which is approved by the FDA is safe, it belies the death stats coming from FDA-approved drugs and therapies and protocols, and allopathic medicine being the third leading cause of death, according to peer-reviewed medical literature going back to at least the year 2000. And there's even more stories of the disaster that is in terms of misdiagnosis resulting in uh, almost a million deaths a year. It's a disaster as far as a profession. It's embarrassing. I, I'm embarrassed for doctors and scientists outside of what they do well, which I, I mentioned is acute trauma care, getting you know people that are wounded acutely back on their feet again, so to speak. And that's astonishing. I've never disputed that. But beyond that, it, it doesn't belong in many other places. Yeah. I'm, we're on the complete same page because, and they don't know it. Like if we had a healthcare system that would say, okay, here's what's wrong with you and what's better here, Western medicine or acupuncture, you know, the homeopathy or whatever, like, but nobody does it. Everybody's just trying to get all the business for themselves, you know? So, um, and you know, um, Frank Cousineau, I know he's actually promoting my book, the cancer book. Yes. Frank what happened? Layla just froze up, Super Don. Uh, oh, go ahead, Frank. Say what again. Re repeat again what Frank's doing. Uh, he Well, I know you you know him for years, and I also have been going there for years. I learned a lot about that from him and also Optimum Health Institute. So he's actually really promotes the book as well. It kind of supports all the work he's done for 45 years with natural cancer treatments. Well, um, we're going to be there a, a, a Labor Day weekend, uh, Glendale. Hilton Hotel, Glendale, California, and I would encourage everybody that can be there to join us. Are you, are you going to be there with us, I'll, Dr. I'll Lamello? be there, too. I'll be there with my book and speaking. And uh, Oh, that's fantastic. Like I said, like the book is a, a lot from what he's learned mm -hmm. or taught me over the years as well. So he's really uh, promoting it as well. And and the book is like it's supposed to be a light read, and it hits on emotions and the thoughts and the natural treatments and you know, they have these ones that were suppressed, but just a light read to give people hope because that whole fear and anxiety with cancer is part of the whole medical system. Like it's a taught response, you yeah. know, and they show it on TV and they show it everywhere. And you don't have to be in fear. There's so many ways to heal. I actually have a friend right now. She's healing at a treatment center in um, South Africa mm -hmm. and they're doing all the holistic approaches there. And she's actually doing really well with it. So. Well, this is, I would say this offends me as an American, but not as a, a woke American, that we have to leave America, United States, in order to get therapies that will actually help and not kill you. Yeah, yeah don't, don't across, run. Don't yeah, walk. Run out of here. Going to, you know, go to Mexico. Of course, there'll be tours of, of Mexican clinics, those that want to plug into that. Uh, and, and Frank Cousineau was on, I think, last week or so. We'll get see if we can squeeze him on again before the event. Also, uh, uh, next weekend, I'm going to be in Des Moines, Iowa, with another legend in this realm. He wrote A World Without Cancer, uh, G. Edward Griffin, and talks about Laetrile B17. I've got, should I say this on, out loud, I've got hundreds if not thousands of apricot seeds in my backyard that just fall from the tree. I can't get too fast enough. And what does that mean? Am I now an unapproved new clinic? Well, as long as I don't say what it does or, or charge for treatment or I mean, it's just crazy. The lack of freedom we have as Americans when it comes to health and healing. Again, a big reason why I started this show back in 1999. I got to speak this out to the world and find a way to communicate to people that claim they love freedom, but then live in a uh, pharmaceutical prison cell based on licensure and monopoly practices and the fact that our agencies have been captured by the industry that cannot allow competition to toxic poisons 
that are patented and approved by the FDA. Yeah, people, I don't think they realize how bad it is, but like what happened in COVID has been happening for years in all of Western medicine and the chronic diseases, you know? So, you know, yeah. I don't know. We disagree too much. There's really nothing to argue about, you know? So, well, so. I, I didn't feel like as I started reading about you that we were going to have anything but a good time hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Now, the next question is, are you going to be doing some comedy when we're in L.A., in Glendale? I, I will try and do that, you know? We should have, if Frank has like a 30-minute slot open for some stand-up, that's what we should ask and have you okay, do I'm that I'm going to tell him we need to do that. <laughs> we do need, you know, I could see this as a coping mechanism to see the insanity of what you've been, uh, let's say, trained into and see through it. And it's like, I got I to gotta point this out, the absurdity. Now, there are comics that are, like Rob Schneider. He's actually, yeah. as a comedian, pointing these things out, which is what comedians are supposed to do, speak truth to power through humor. And uh, not all of them will take on this medical establishment, but I got, I got to give props to Rob Schneider for Definitely. what he's doing in humor as well. Uh, so this, um, this book about cancer, the big lie, a big pharma tells you about cancer. You have, I have it linked up and there's actually, uh, I think a free report that people can get, they can sign right. up for. Yeah. Yeah. Just if they're not ready to buy it, just some info. And then there's a book, yes. the book, if they want, there's a link on my website to buy the book. We have that up as well, and we have a direct Amazon link to you and the books that you have yeah, as well. Amazon, I can't get the print up. There's there's some thing I have to work around, so okay. the, the website's fine, but they can still get the um, ebook through the Amazon. Okay, so you have options there, and yes, you have books listed uh, on your website, drleylaali.com, drleylaali.com. And uh, if you're too cheap, cheap to buy the book, then just, no, I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> if, if you want to just get the, you know, like the report, sign up for free, just put your email in. We have, Super Don, do you have that link? I think we do. It's, uh, it's kind of a click thing. You see that? And you can just uh, get instant access to the information, and you may want to go further there. But I'm happy to get people plugged into what Dr. Layla Ali is doing to get help. And it sounds like you can make a good bridge for those that, are still in a, a little, some there it is, somewhat of an allopathic mindset because, you know, many of us here and many that listen to this show are frustrated because they have family members, loved ones, and friends that are not on the same page yet, not even close, and they're a little intimidated. They say, well, well, my doctor doesn't approve it, so it's not real. Uh, but you have the, 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 the cred, if you will, the street cred and the credentials for those that need it to maybe introduce folks to these concepts. Yeah. And hopefully, and even so, like even during COVID, like, you know, you tell people don't get the vaccine they'd be like, you're the only doctor who told you're the only one who tells me not to. So if they want to find it, we're here. Right. And if they don't, they're going to like, you know, you could lead the horse to water, but they don't want to see it. They won't see it. So I guess we just have to ask for the people that are ready for the information. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree with that. So what else can we do to bridge the gap? What other stories can you tell? I know you have many. Um, well, right now I'm working for Gold Care, uh, Dr. Oh. Simone Gold's company. Right. So I'm the pharmacy director there, but I'm teaching de-prescribing there on a weekly basis. De-prescribing. So now, yeah, that is the practice of helping people taper off their drugs? Yeah, just get off of them. I mean, and, you know, I never even used that word till Gold Care. You know I mean, it's like, just get me off my meds. But, I mean, that's the idea. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, for for diabetes, if you go on the American Drug, uh, if you go on the American Diabetes Association website, they'll they'll you know have all these ways to help donate money, and they're trying to find the cure. No, and, they're not. 
Yeah, I know they're not. And then he can go watch Simply Raw, reversing diabetes for 30 days. They eat raw food for 30 days. There's no diabetes. You think they're sharing that on the American Diabetes Web? No, of course not. So, you know, showing people things that can inspire them that you can heal. And so what our goal is there is to, you know, say, here's your diabetes. Here's what they show you. They're lying. Here's people that have healed. How's have they done it? And just kind of get everything, the body, mind, spirit. We're looking at all the natural ways, the homeopathy, acupuncture, energy medicine, whatever it is. And also, I think thoughts are really important because people learn all these limiting and, and uh, beliefs about what's possible in their health. So, you know, you don't have to be sick forever if you don't want to be, you know. No, you don't have to die from cancer. You can, you know, so just the whole hope thing. And it's huge because people kind of know it. And once they hear it, so we're doing it, you know, we've done it for diabetes. We're, we're um, different things. And I mean, I want to do all the disease states eventually. I want to hit, here's Alzheimer's, here's how to prevent it. Medical medium, I love his stuff too. Let's put it all together by disease states and get people some hope and stuff that they need, you know? So that's um that's the goal. We're planting seeds right there and we're doing it at Gold Care right now. So Well, what kind of opposition have you faced either in the past prior to the Gold Care or now that you're working to D, de- uh, what did you call de-prescribe people? Yeah. So, I mean, this off-balance book was done in 2012 and I was kind of like, ta-da, and it's like, nobody cared, you know, you probably have found people that cared more than I did. But then I was like, okay, then I went back to work um, for a mail order pharmacy. You know, I was working for United Health Group and they own, the insurance company owns the mail order pharmacy. And I'm like, how is that even not a comp- uh, conflict, conflict of interest? Right. Well, that begs the question, Layla, because when we think about the profitability, it's just like the costs and what's left over is the profit. You think about the expensive drugs and treatments that don't work. And you're like, well, that's like a lot of money that you could save if you actually succeeded. And and you did so by spending a lot less money on things that are safe, natural, et cetera. But you pointed out that the insurance company has a stake in the sale of drugs and drug companies. It's not you know, fully about how do we save money because we are insuring and we want to pay out less. They do want to pay out less, but the fact of the matter is they've got it coming and going. They do. And, you know, they'll, they'll say they do natural stuff, but then they'll make it kind of small. Like they just enough to say they offer it, but then they they don't really, you know, but Mm -hmm. that's what I learned too. Every year I was there, I did a holistic proposal. I'm like, God, you could save thousands of dollars on diabetes patients. And then one guy told me, he's like, look, the insurance companies own the pharmacy. They make money every time they sell drugs. And if they have a bunch of people who are sick, then they charge higher premiums. So they don't care about your proposal. So, you know, I I can't believe I lasted there five years. But then I quit and then I kind of got back on the journey and, you know, a little more speaking and different things like that. So, but um, I've been in and out and then, you know, just tired, you know, not really trying things that they didn't really take off, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of getting tired of it and doing the comedy. And, you know, I was trying to, I was even driving Lyft. I'm like so done with pharmacy. I, you know, I was just wow. driving Lyft for a while during the pandemic, which was kind of fun because you see people come in and all of a sudden they're wearing a mask. I'm like, what are you doing? Then it's normal. Like They didn't, uh, they didn't have cameras in there to monitor you on Lyft because somebody would turn you in. On Uber, they made you take a picture of yourself with a mask on or something. Right. But yeah, they did do that. And even if you would tell people it's like you know you don't have to wear a mask you know it's fine they'd be like oh no we all gotta do our part then you get that one person that freaks out and then you can't even do that you know right 
Yeah, no, I, I was appreciated the occasion that I was able to not wear it and they didn't freak out uh, at that time. Uh, now, I, I'm just curious about how you even th- had the inclination or thought that, hey, maybe I could do some stand up comedy on this stuff. Uh, you know, it was I've always kind of been a little quirky, I guess, or off the wall. So kind of when the time came, I'm like, I'm going to take a comedy class up in L.A. And I did. And it just, you know, kinda, and it's I haven't done anything big time, but I was doing a show every month in Flappers and Burbank before the pandemic. And then I'm just kind of dabbling in it. Like I did a show a couple of weeks, like last weekend, I think it was. And they're small, but they're fun. You know, they're mm-hmm. kind of an outlet. But and I don't really do stuff like, you know, in, in uh, L.A., they're not really our <laughs> joke. They won't laugh at these things because they're too woke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I have to, I have different humor for different audiences. Right. So. But I can still rip on pharmacy pretty good. That's pretty universal. So that's good. And I think the fact that you're a pharmacist with all the degrees for it, you go, man, I'm qualified to make fun of my own profession and myself that they'd have to kind of go, oh, I'm not, I'm, I don't know what to make of this, but I mean, she is a pharmacist. Yeah. I kind of be like an unstable pharmacist, you know, <laughs> so they're not, they don't feel safe going in pharmacies. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, do you do you have any uh, uh, speaking uh, gigs besides the uh, Cancer Control Society coming up? We should know about. Uh, I've been doing the Truth Tour with, and I think Lewis Herms was on here. And you know, Lewis did uh, the documentary Cages that he just got out on child trafficking, mm-hmm. and he's doing all kinds of amazing things. So they have another one coming up in Tennessee, I believe, in October. That I'm going to try and get to, and I don't know if they have it set yet, but. Um, uh, he's definitely, they've done so much in the last year as far as, like, he started in a Long Beach, you know, place with 50. Now he's just doing these bigger mm-hmm. events. I think there were like 800 at the last one. So um, he's just building a lot of momentum. He's he's doing a lot of good work. So I'm excited to be part of them, too. So Nice. Yeah. Now, I, I have a, a pharmacy question for you. And it relates to the de-prescribing concept, which is something I never heard about till recently, years, you know, a few years. Uh, and I like it. But the concept of pulling off of medications is, is kind of wide and varied. It's not a one size fits all, just stop. Like I would say with a statin drug, you could just stop. But with an SSRI, if you just stop, you could end up killing yourself. And, and there are varying degrees of, or classifications or or categories of drugs where just stopping wouldn't be a, a safe thing to do versus tapering and such. So can you give us some general or specific commentary on that issue as a deep prescription kind of concept if a lot of people that maybe even in this audience, some are on meds that they don't want to be on? Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you said on statins, you know, um, you know, nobody needs a statin and yeah, definitely some need to be tapered. Of course, how long they've been on it and things like that. And as a pharmacist, I'm not taking people on or off, but I'm kind of showing the possibilities in all the different ways. And then we have to find a doctor to work with. So that is definitely always taken into consideration, you know, to get them off safely. I mean, nobody wants them off and some are harder than others and their belief system, you know, mm-hmm. all, all is important, but yeah. Well, I, I, I bring that up because, you know, I think in this audience, the intent for those that are on meds is to not be on them. Right. And yet um, various drug categories have remarkably and widely different uh, impact on different systems. And some are more uh, breed more dependence in terms of metabolic functions or dysfunctions that, uh, you know, even things like blood pressure, blood sugar. I mean, if you get on a better diet or even you do things like cardio miracle that don't necessarily interact with blood pressure meds, but 
may reduce the need for them so that the blood pressure meds could become very dangerous by dropping it too low, for instance. And, right. and so it's different than a direct drug supplement interaction, right? And as far as uh, hitting the pathways and corrupting the pathways of whatever the drug's supposed to do, it's just restoring function to pathways in the body that makes the drug suddenly inappropriate. And that's kind of a, another aspect, I think, of deprescribing, perhaps. I, I think so, too. And like, like you said, everybody's going to be different on what they – I think the belief system is part of it, too, you know, because, I mean, like you say, in cancer, if someone – the doctor tells you you have six months to live. If you believe him, you start dying, right? Or they tell you you need to be on meds the rest of your life. You believe it, your body starts adapting to that belief. So I think shifting that is part of it as well. And plus understanding that, you know, the processes have to heal and more things can heal than most people realize. Maybe not everything, but I, I think um, a lot more. I think there's, you know, light bulbs go off and go, wow, I don't have to be on this med the rest of my life, you know? Mm-hmm. We have, there's so many... Uh, messages we hear that are, are just disempowering on purpose, right? Ask your doctor, this is right for you. Don't stop taking this medication unless you talk to your doctor. And it just goes on and on. And, and kind of re- people have to re-educate, relearn all that. But the good thing at Gold Care is everybody there is medical freedom-based, mission-based. They're not all trained on de-prescribing, but they're open to it. So we're going to, we're building a community of the like-minded. And again, they come from the holistic all the way to, you know, natural medicine, and holistic all the way to Western medicine. But, you know, we have, we're actually working on it as a team on a couple patients right now that mm-hmm. need help, you know, and it's working out really well, actually. They're, they're, the patients are happy and they're doing really well. And that's type one diabetes is one of them. So, um, yeah, type one, the difficult one, uh, if you will, type two, very reversible. Uh, I'd, I still would like to have comfort and confidence to know that there is a path out of type one. That's been a bit more difficult to uh, uh, validate, but I am open to the possibility that we'll figure this thing out and maybe have some consistent regeneration of tissue that's been destroyed utterly and miserably, often following injections, vaccines, et cetera, creating autoimmune responses that destroy your own pancreatic cells that produce insulin. Uh, so that's something I'm looking for. There's, um, you know, on that Simply Raw, that do- that documentary, that guy went from 70 units of insulin a day to five. And then there's also testimonials on the chlorine dioxide telegram chats on reversing type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. So, And then that plus hypnotherapy. The One guy in my book, he had hypnotherapy where his, his legs went numb underneath his, and he, you know, they, he would fall down. So he got disabled. And the doctor told him eventually he'd be in a wheelchair. He reversed it completely with hypnotherapy. He re- he said, so, uh, "Stop immune system, stop ad- attacking the nerve cells. Nerve cells grow back, and all the cells in my body are happy and healthy." So he learned how to command the subconscious mind mm-hmm. with um, hypnotherapy. So I mean, with those three things, I feel like you can heal a lot of the type one diabetes. You know, so. I, like I said, I do not dispute it. I would just like to see duplicatability, and maybe that's a little bit of the egghead sciencey part of me, which I'm not saying that to limit claims honestly but i'd love for more people to tap into some of the things because you know if we talk type 2 diabetes and we look at a change in diet lifestyle uh reintroduction of uh chromium and vanadium in the whole food forms we see reversals regularly and every time as opposed to eh, a little spotty here not sure you know that kind of thing so it's just me wanting to be able to say yep we nailed it here i'd love to be able to say we got a system here that works every time and i realize life isn't always like that too that's just me i guess i'm complaining a little bit 
<laughs> yeah, I heard that's a thing, right? No, it's okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, there's different causes. Will it work for everybody? No, but there are testimonials. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, putting it, we have to figure out everything that can go wrong. Can we re- regenerate the tissue? I, I think we can in a lot of cases. So Yeah, I believe it. Hey, Super D, I don't know if I'm bothering you right now, I know if you're busy or not, because sometimes you do things to help the show go, and then sometimes you just kind of doze off or be grandpa with the kids. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, and there he is. Nah, usually I go make a sandwich, you know, yes. watch, a t- watch a movie, you know. I, I still uh, like yeah. your bowling shirts, you know. They look good on you. Thank you. <laughs> really good. So I uh, question about stand-up. Would you ever do stand-up comedy? Would you, have you ever thought about that? Could you, you know, I mean, you've got some funny, funny in you. I don't know. No, I've no. never considered it before. I just like, <sighs> I, I'm seeing this with Dr. Layla Ali. I'm thinking, and, and it's not like if Dr. Layla can do it, anybody can do it. That's not what I'm saying. It's just that the thought of you have a pharmacy doctor kind of person that goes, yeah, I want to do some stand up. <laughs> I, I just love that. It's not easy. I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, I've, I've watched uh, quite a few stand up comedians, you know, and they're, they're, it's a lot of work. It's more, it's kind of like people that think, you know, I can do a podcast. I just need a microphone, mm-hmm. right? I can do a radio show. I, I just need a microphone, right? There's way more to it than that. <laughs> I, <laughs> right? I think right. But you know, um, people all come in with their quirk and it's kind of, you know, translating into the, the rhythm of comedy, right? Set up, mm-hmm. think they're going to go somewhere right. else. And do the, the misdirect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, can- there's definitely an art to it, but the art is not limited just like a canvas it can go in so many different ways, but I so appreciate that, um, you know, with improvisational skills. I mean, some come in with their routine, you know, and I, I know we're doing a little bit of a side discussion here, but I, I, I hope you don't mind because I, I just love the discussion of the creative <laughs> side of our, our reality. And it also lightens up the seriousness as well. But yeah. having, you know, when I another thing, when I was younger, my mom was had a really good friend who owned a comedy club in Atlanta called The Comedy Spot many years ago. And so I, as a young person, I don't think I was 18, but I wasn't drinking. I wasn't getting them in trouble or anything, but I would get to go to all the comedy shows for free. And I got to see a lot of different comics, what works, what didn't the open mic nights, which can be awkward as well as people are trying to cut their teeth and figure out, you know, how to, how to do it, if they're successful or not. But it's still, it's an amazing thing to get up in front of an audience and try to elicit laughter. And I think it's a really wonderful, maybe underrated, uh, uh, skill of import to help us heal, right? Laughter leading to healing. So that's why I think it does tie into our subject, whether it be cancer or other serious matters, how laughter is so medicinal, unapproved by the FDA, of course. You know, and my family got tired of me talking about, or friends and family got tired of talking about how pharmacy is a scam, but they like the comedy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you made them laugh about it. It was easier to go down. Like yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's a scam, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, Wow, I just sent okay. you a link to my last comedy, Archie Dong. So, yeah, Super D, have you been to a lot of comedy shows other than just watching them on TV? No. Okay. I yeah, I guess I was the unusual one because I had access to f- going for free every week uh, and, and seeing a lot of comics over the years and getting to talk with them behind the scenes. I remember one of one of the guys. You remember Welcome Back, Cotter, Gabe Kaplan? Who? Uh... Oh yeah, the yeah, uh, Mr. Cotter, Mr. Cotter. Yeah. yeah, he was he yeah. was a stand-up guy, but behind the scenes, he was painfully shy. You know, it, it's interesting how some of these comics will have a side of them that is wildly different than what happens when they're on stage, 
and, you know, kind of flowing through in a different way. But on a one-on-one basis, they're just so shy. I don't know if it's true of all of them, probably not, but I uh, just remember that as something. And how are you interacting, Layla, at these clubs after the fact? Do you have any interaction with folks and they're talking about your act or actually asking you questions about what you're joking about? I mean, I, I know when I see older people in the audience, I'm like, yes, that's my audience, you know, pharmacy people. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, they like it. And, uh, you know, pharmacy, I don't think there's many. I think there's a few comedians that are pharmacists, but not many. So, you know, it's kind of nice to have something unique like that, you know. But, um, yeah, it's, just, it's definitely been a fun outlet. I mean, I started off with I'm a pharmacist for 20 years, and I got into the profession because I wanted to have a good life, you know, like you see in the drug commercials. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's happy. They have friends and family and they're in love. Instead, my life is more like the side effects they mumble at the end. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Nausea, vomiting, depression, changes in personality, anal leakage. Oh, wow. Oh, That's a hey. great line right there. I mean, you have to find a way. And we, of course, we've talked about that over the years. It's like that was written for comedy shows. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Olestra? Olestra back yes. in the day that they, that they, uh, uh, Put, we're putting like the fake fat in the potato chips. And it doesn't absorb. Oh, that's great. The fat doesn't get absorbed. Uh, where does it go? All right. Yeah. You got some really weird things coming out of you. And now it's the Ozempic. Ozempic is the one now that they're talking about. In fact, are you familiar with those with the the Ozempic thing? Everybody's the big craze on the on the weight Some loss. Glutide or something. Yeah, where it's like it's yeah. fifteen hundred bucks a month, and your hair falls out, and you crap the bed, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, it's perfect hype because people see the response, and they're like, okay, they lost weight, but then you start hearing that you're losing more muscles and fat, and the side effects, and you gain it all back, and it's just like, don't jump on those new trends, especially with drugs. Right? I remember Fin Fin in the nineties? What happened? So. Yeah. Well, you know, some people are looking forward to old age and some people will race to it with, with, uh, you know, this injection, you know, to help them crap the bed much earlier than they normally would. Uh, so yeah. well, just, another uh, provider said berberine is a natural alternative to that. Like uh, it's a natural Ozempic. Mm-hmm. So I actually got some of that berberine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got that actually over at nutritional frontiers. I noticed I saw yeah, when I was browsing formula. They do. There. Yeah. yeah. By the way, they got the proline greens. I, I opened it up on the show, and it's like it was a heavenly chocolatey smell. They had this uh, beautiful uh, proline greens chocolate, and that's what Dr. Judy Mikevitz. Have you ever met uh, Judy? She's in uh, uh, Southern California somewhere too. Usually, I've seen her around. I haven't really talked to her personally, but yeah, I've seen yeah. her at different talks. And, stuff. and she's talked about some of the key, and she's been on the show a number of times talking about some of the key things to correct what all ails us. And one of the things is the proline greens and the cardio miracle how they combine and then we talked about the folium px and uh, uh bobbery Oren is in the la area he'll be at the the truth uh, the cancer control society and also red pill expo with G. Edward griffin in des moines and uh, a number of other places that we're going to be together we've got the uh, event in las vegas of all places uh the biomed expo uh which will be but uh many of these things that can counteract the need or perceived need for medication to manage symptoms you correct with the underlying so-called cause, then you, you no longer have the symptoms to manage. And of course, that is not very profitable for the drug industry that relies on you always having symptoms that need to be managed. And if you don't, they will be happy to give you some <laughs> via medications and or injections in childhood before you even get sick. You don't even have a chance. Uh, so these are some disastrously unfunny things that we have to find humor in because maybe that's the only way we can get the point across sometimes. Yeah, and it's, like I said, the anal- analogy I used in my book is balance scales. And, like, in holistic, 
we have, there's all these things that have to be kept in balance and nutrition and detoxification. Emotions have to be expressed and released. So different things. So I use a balance scale and you go to a natural practitioner, they're going to see what's off balance and get you back. Mm-hmm. And then with Western medicine, like rheumatoid arthritis, there's a balance scale. It's off. And instead of having getting back in balance, you like, you put a little brace there, you know, and then it's like, okay, I feel better. But then eventually the disease progresses or you get side effects, then you get a second brace and then you have nu- nutrients that lose. And let me see if I can show you the one final picture, but this is what the people with chronic diseases look like, you know, walking around like this. Can you see it? Yes. You know, so there's, let me go full screen on that standby. Let me just uh, make you full screen so we can see it easier. Sorry, super Don. I got it. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So there's the picture. Okay. Yeah. Well, I could show you the ones building up to it too. Mm -hmm. But this, this is a holistic, right? Yes. Just get back in balance. And then Western medicine, um, throws more weight on the imbalance, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's a brace there and then Mm -hmm. they put a second brace and then things happen. But yeah, eventually you got people looking like this, multiple medications, multiple side effects, off balance for the long term, and they feel terrible. Nice imagery. Well, yeah, yeah, I like so, that. So that was sort of the premise of how to compare them both, you know. And that with that book, that's the book we've talked about, right? The yeah, American. that's the the off balance book, the one I did in 2012. So, okay, yeah. cool. The American way of health. This is great. I, lo- I love connecting with you, I, Layla. I just uh, don't understand how we didn't know about you in 2012 when you came out with your book. You just had I, no, no PR, no no outreach, or, or no. I, I didn't even know how to speak or do anything. I had to get training on all that. I was like this, you know, kind of awkward pharmacist. Like, you know, I actually did Toastmasters after that for a few years, and I really, I would, I was nervous even just to talk for two minutes, you know. So I had to, you know, and then I got comedy to even get more comfortable. So yeah, it's been a journey, you know. <laughs> so, and nice. I don't think the world is really ready for it like they are now. Like it's well, like, we would. I would. But was, yeah. well, what do you do? I, I can't go back in time and fix that. But we are here now, and I'm Great. like super stoked to be connected with you. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in person at the Cancer Control Society's uh, annual Great. event uh, with Frank Cousineau and Bobby and others. They'll be there with us. And uh, if you can make it to any other events, or if I'm at any other events, you'll be at. I think it'd be great to catch up and do some fun things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, continue this this discussion ongoing. Uh, and, and as I said, I, I want to recommend everybody, if you if you haven't plugged into what Dr. Layla Ali is doing, L-E-Y-L-A Ali, uh, we have her website linked up. We have her books linked up as well. And we have the uh, the place where you can just put, give your email and get a little report on the whole the so you've been diagnosed with cancer and now you're in a panic free report to get you started. Uh, so uh, I hope we can stay in touch from here. Layla, it's really been been fun connecting and thanks for flexing on all kinds of discussion points yeah that was fun i i was looking forward to this and i'm glad we connected and kevin uh hooked me up he's awesome too so yes our buddy kevin tuttle yeah he's great on the way all right now you you, i'm going to have you stick around for the next few minutes here if if you can because there's a story i want to cover with you and i think you'll have something to say about it uh this is in the usa today newspaper by karen weintraub and adriana uh rodriguez the authors of this uh, story says not if but when antibiotic resistance poses existential threat for modern medicine. Now, this is something I've covered since the day I opened the microphone in 1999. The fact that we have other ways to address infections without having to resort to toxic petrochemicals that destroy the microbiome and the immune system and, uh, and do other horrible things. Now, I recognize why they can be used and how they can be used appropriately, but they haven't been used appropriately almost since they've been invented. 
And my children who are not vaccinated, they've never once had an antibiotic now at 23 and 18 years of age. And they've had infections. So it's not like they've been unscathed because it's part of humanity and, and life itself. So even the reliance in terms of acute interventions with antibiotics, we haven't found the need for them. And I think that's something that in, in a free market for natural medicine, most people would be avoiding doctors and antibiotics as well. I, I agree. I actually have a story when I was in pharmacy school and I went to the doctor and I was coughing up more green stuff out of my lungs in the morning that mm -hmm. I ever seen. And I went to the doctor in pharmacy school expecting an antibiotic and they wouldn't give me one. He goes, just take ibuprofen around the clock and let your body heal. And I'm glaring at him going, he's so stupid, you know? <laughs> and this is, of course, before my journey. But, like, whenever you take an antibiotic, it takes two weeks for your immune system to get that response built up. And after that, it's ready. You interrupted the antibiotic, you're going to need one all the time, right? And you're going to need a stronger one. And so I was so grateful that I had that lesson mm -hmm. in pharmacy school. And I even gave him a dirty look. I didn't appreciate it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely, if your immune system can handle infection, do it. And I still, I did a class on antibiotics at Gold Care too. You know, there's colloidal silver, there's chlorine dioxide, kills bacteria, fungus, and, and viruses, and um, oregano. So there's so many natural ways to kill the infections as well. Yeah, as well as homeopathic medicines that have been utilized for infectious disease long before antibiotics. Uh, you know, the homeopaths that treated these uh, uh, diseases like typhus, typhoid, even the poxes in history had great success along with the naturopaths with very low mortality rate relative to 30, 40, or 50 or more percent of the allopaths that suppressed things, even using aspirin, which suppressed immune response. So I just, uh, you know, even though the guy was half better by not getting in the antibiotic, the ibuprofen suggestion, I wouldn't agree with. But uh, again, I have ways to address the things the ibuprofen does today as well. It's progressive for the times. So. Right, yes. No, I acknowledge that. So, but uh, we keep going and keep trying to do better. I just did a CE on pharmacy and homeopathy, and they were saying they're trying to recommend that over antibiotics for skin infections. Mm -hmm. And I forgot, it was a calendula, I believe? Or Well, calendula is a, a plant you can use topically as well, but it can be converted into a homeopathic form. It's a lovely plant. We grow it out back as well. Uh, sulfur calcarium is a, a great one for skin infections, uh, pus-like, uh, you know, abscess and boil type infections. Uh, often that's staph. And that can be utilized as well for internal use, for topical use as well, for topical benefit, let's just say. So there are many things as, you know, I served on the board of the American Association of Homeopathic Pharmacists many, many years ago now. And, you know, there's profound history, 200 plus years of history. And I said that if it really was junk, it would have disappeared a long time ago. It couldn't yeah. stand the test of time just based on placebo alone, although... There's nothing wrong with placebo. If somebody gets well because they believe they got well, why should we complain except if you're a drug company? Why don't we tap into that power, right? Use exactly. the power of the mind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Well, great. That's amazing that uh, the homeopathy. They were also talking about how they, people use it interchangeably. They don't know homeopathy isn't the same as herbalism. Like it's an all-encompassing. Right. But, um, it's a very specific uh, form of natural medicine, utilizing even toxic substances, but in a non-toxic way, like here's like. Now, uh, you said you have an event in October somewhere in Tennessee? Yeah, they're still getting that plan, but that's like truthtour.net. Okay. Uh, and that's Lewis Herms, who was on your show, I think, a couple months yes. ago. But, and, we have uh, an upcoming events tab 
at robertscottbell.com. And I'd urge everybody to check it out to see if we're going to be near you or if you want to join us like at the Red Pill Expo, August 12th and 13th in Des Moines, Iowa, as G. Edward Griffin and um, uh, Mickey Willis is going to be there. So many other awesome folks. Can we mention Cancer Control Society, Labor Day weekend, L.A. Uh, area, Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th, and that's in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. Then we have the 10-year anniversary of HealingStrong.org, and that's in Houston, Texas, and that'll be the 29th and 30th of September. Then two events simultaneous, one in Pittsburgh. We talked about that with Nutritional Frontiers, a professional training event, 6th, 7th, 8th of October, and then the Your Health Freedom Gala and Symposium, the 6th and 7th of October. That's uh, a little bit south of Salt Lake City for that one. We, then we have the big one. And, and, and Layla, I was going to say, if, if it's not in conflict, you should go to the Health Freedom Expo outside of Chicago. I might, I might even recommend that you be a speaker there because of what you have to deliver. And uh, it's October 14th and 15th. So I don't know if it will conflict with that other event in Tennessee in October, but that's coming up if you check out trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And then we have uh, November uh, 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Heal Your Family Naturally. Uh, Bobby Kennedy be there. Kevin Sorbo. Doctors Terry and Stu Warner putting that on. Judy Mikovits, David Brownstein. Doctors Jack and Heather Wilson and more. That's going to be an amazing weekend. And I've got something starting already for February of uh, 2024, an Autism Health Summit. So check out the upcoming events tab at robertscabell.com. And Layla, maybe we can be at the same event beyond just the Cancer Control Society, which is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to get to more of those. So I'm envious of how you're getting to all of them. So I need to get more on that that plan too. So take me, me with you. There are sometimes I would just, I'd like to be home, but uh, we are on a mission and it, yeah. sometimes it yeah. takes us there. And it's really great because you make new friends and family members from all over the world by doing this and getting out. And Dr. Layla Ali, thank you uh, for your patience and connecting with us let's say 12, 13 years later. I don't know, but a long time ago, I would have had you on if I'd have known about you. I think we're in divine timing. I think everything's fine. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. I can't wait to see you and have yeah. you back on. Looking forward to meeting you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, Dr. Layla Ali, that's a wrap for hour one. We got a whole other hour of broadcast healing. Uh, I may get, I think, a little bit ornery on the topic that Super Don has thrown at me, polarization. What is the cause of polarization? And no, it's not Super Don. No, no I wasn't going to blame him. But we'll find out what I do blame <laughs> in the hour uh, uh, to come. Also, mental disorders. Do half of you have them or are you going to have them? Uh, errors in diagnosis leading to how many deaths every year? And kombucha for blood sugar. That and more. If you got comments or questions, come on. Show up. We're in the chat room. We'll check it out also. If you'd like to win, potentially. My apricots. This is just one bag I freeze dried. I'm going to be doing some giveaways for those of you who call in to the toll free number 866 939 Bell, 866 939 2355. Tell us why you listen to or watch the Robert Chad Bell Show. And you, if domestic US, because I can't ship this stuff out of the country, you might be you might be a winner of apricots. They're so good. Anyway, lots more healing to go on the Robert Chad Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours. Yeah, I'm on. I must congratulate the Jamaican women's soccer team. Apparently, they've moved through to the knockout rounds. I don't think they've ever done that. And uh, I just have an affinity for Jamaica. 
because uh, you know my one of my best friends in the whole world is from Jamaica, and their family is like my family adopted, and they're excited. The women's soccer team, I don't think they have a, a woke Rapino on it either, and that's pretty cool. Anyway, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, Hour 2, robertscottbell.com, slash listen for the chat room or on the various social media platforms where we have not been banned. Uh, glad to have you here with me, and I hope that you'll share the show if you haven't already. We had a wonderful Zoom AMA, Ask Me Anything, on Monday, and we'll have to uh, schedule one for August now. Every month we do that for our patron supporters. Super Don, did you get that video up, or you've just been too busy? Dude, I was up late last night and forgot you forgot. Okay. I forgot. So this it was another the, late night for me. Th this is the reason for what was the word polarization? You forget. I forget. <laughs> no, I wouldn't come down on you for that. I know how hard. you No, work. in fact, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to do it right now while we're talking. Okay. And, and uh, wasn't the Dr. Layla Ali amazing last hour? She's that great. So fun. she sent me. She sent me a link. Maybe I'll share this in the chat. Okay. Um, it had a few expletives in it uh, as I was just kind of skimming through it, so I didn't play it on the air. It's about five minutes long, but it's a video that she sent me of her doing a stand-up uh, bit at at a comedy club. Oh man, I want to see that. Yeah, put the yeah. link in the chat room for everybody. That'll be that. fun. In the meantime, we've got a real smart Alec in the uh, audience. Our buddy Chris, Robert, who is to blame for polarization? Cathodes and anodes. <laughs> who said that chris steiner our buddy chris he, he's dude funny. that's the nerdiest joke i've ever heard he's a my total life. nerd he'll admit it <laughs> and i'm a, a nerd too i appreciate that chris uh, okay yes. uh polarization that's not the kind of polarization we're talking about you didn't notice uh let's see Lori Lori harvey says autism one is virtual this year uh it'll be also labor day weekend so you have a number of options. We're going to be at the Cancer Control Society's event, but uh, those of you who would like Autism One, participate there too. All right, what else? So you got that link for a little comedy routine from Dr. Layla Ali. I want to get her together with Layla Ali as well. I think they'd like each other because uh, Layla, uh, the son, I'm sorry, the daughter of, uh, of uh, Muhammad Ali, thinking male at the moment, but uh, she's all in on, you know, natural medicine as you know and that's why we appreciate her so much and uh she does great work out there so that's a good Layla ali to Layla, meet Layla ali if you haven't already all right what else polarization do i need to go to polarization now just who caused this polarization is the article from the brownstone institute super done through my way and i guess what was the guess and it's it's uh social media apparently according to this article and then i immediately went super d to the bots I said the bots are problematic here because these are not often real humans, although they're programmed by real humans. So I guess you could say they are sort of human uh, to instigate what? Polarization, to instigate the Hegelian dialectic, to have people pitted against one another, yelling and screaming and hating on one another, as opposed to actually discussing viewpoints that might not be in agreement in a collegial and fun atmosphere, which I like. So, And I think you're right. But I don't think that's the end all. Um, I think that's a part of it. I think that uh, there's a uh, probably a, a number of reasons as to why people have just decided to beat each other's, other's throats. Yes. Um, Do you think it's an endorphin rush for people? Well, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my opinion, which may not be popular with everybody. <laughs> uh oh. 
Uh, well, I mean, look, uh, look, let's let's talk about polarization here, yes, right? Well, you know, how let's them. let's see how polarized the listeners are. Yeah, um, it got really bad during the Trump years, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think there's anybody if you've been paying attention, which I, I like to f- at least think that I am, because um, it's kind of my job, right? Uh, I, it was noticeable uh, during the Trump years that people became more polarized. So the question mm-hmm. would be, why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, the, I, I, I look, I'm going to put a good portion of the blame on the Democrats, which makes me sound like I'm being polarized, right? Right, Oh, look, you're talking about polarization and you're pointing fingers. You have a reason for saying that though. I do because they, they just went nuts (laughs) when, when Trump got elected, you know, and it was just like, talk about jumping the shark, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you get, there have been presidents that have been elected over the years, you know since we've been alive mm-hmm. and some of them were really bad and some of them we liked and you know, whatever people agreed and disagreed and all that kind of stuff. But I've never seen anything like the reaction that we got from people when Trump got elected. I mean, it just, what was uh, it about our era? Again, we come back to generational uh, differences so we can now polarize the generations to talk about our X generation where, it was normal to disagree with people and still be friends with them. Yeah. I mean, unless they were a real jerk. And yeah, so, I mean, and, and then in that case, what'd you do? You just didn't hang out with them. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you moved on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, lately, gosh, you know, ever, like I said, ever since Trump got elected, the, the media went bonkers and, and everybody on. And who, it, who it, you're it, saying it, you were getting a feed in Twitter, Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, meathead. God, yeah. Well, if you remember, if you're, if you're old enough, you, 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 you grew up watching all in the family Yeah. with, uh, was it, uh, Gene Carroll, uh, Carol no, O'Connor, Carol O'Connor. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, playing Archie Bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that show would not survive in today's today's standards. No. And it was made by uh nor was it Norman Jewison or whatever. One of the guys that's very liberal guy. That was that when when the liberals were for free freedom of speech, right? And the classic funny, liberals, yeah, right, yeah. And yeah. so Rob Reiner played uh, the son. I can't remember what his son-in-law or something. Of son-in-law, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was kind of you know he's a hippie activist, you know, peace, you know, against war and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, and his nickname on the show was Meathead. That Archie Bunker used to always call him a Meathead. Yes. And um, it turns out, all these years later, Rob Reiner is a meathead. Well, why would you and, say and this and, and and he actually is very much like the character that he played um, on the show, except he's he's more of a a, a woke standard uh, by today's you know uh, thing. But mm-hmm. he has Trump derangement syndrome like nobody I've ever seen. Yeah, they and won't be happy. He won't be happy unless he's you know, strong. Every time him. something comes up about Trump that, you know, that he can have a negative uh, opinion about, I get these. I don't know why. I don't know why I get his notifications. I just do. It's just like, you know, I'm working. All of a sudden, Rob Reiner's face pops up in the corner of my, my screen. I want to throw something well, another, at it. Another guy in Hollywood that's like that is John Cusack, who's, of, I believe, of our generation. I think which I hadn't seen. Yeah, I hadn't John seen John Cusack, that. which I've enjoyed his movies over the time. He spoke to our generation, a lot of things that we went through. But... He's, I mean, it's not, again, it's not about, oh, he's liberal. It's not, it's like when you have Trump derangement syndrome, when you have such seething rage and hatred that the only Which, thing. You- I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Trump. I'm not. I never have been other than when he really stuck his 
finger in the eye of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, we and enjoyed it was, that, didn't we? It was kind of fun to see yeah. him kind of just really disrupt things and, and, and make the Democrats lose their minds. But at the same time, the byproduct of that uh, is this polarization that we've seen, I think. Yeah. And so now it's like, and, and I don't know if it's, it's bled over into everything. It's not just about politics anymore. It's about everything. You can't disagree about stuff without being at each other's throats now. And so this here, you know, asks the question, this article, who caused this? Well, one of the things they point out is social media. I think social media has played a huge part in that. I, I do believe. Yeah. Because, you know, you go into, you go on Twitter, maybe not so much anymore. Ever since Elon Musk bought it, it's, it, it is not as toxic as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you go in there and it's just like pitchforks and, and cars on fire and, and, you know, people beating each other up and stuff. Um, what is this about? Oh, Lori's got a comment here. She said college kids working at Walmart were, were saying that Walmart, they were saying they were going to move to Canada now. And I said, did Walmart hire adults or kindergartners? They got really <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> move to Canada. Why? Why? What do they think is going to happen in Canada? Canada now? Why would they move to Canada now? Or are you talking about when no, Trump I got think elected? It's now? Why would they move to Canada now? What's so terrible that they got to move to Canada now? And what's so great in Canada that they want to move there? And and you know, I asked our Canadian friends with you. Well, what is it? The green is the the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Yeah. You know, um, look, the problem with Canada is not Canadian so much as the, the Canadian Constitution is not uh, acknowledging your rights come from God or Creator, but they granted. Yeah, okay, it was Parliament. when Trump got elected. Yeah, a lot of people did that. Okay, a lot of people said that. Yeah, how but many they, people they, moved they, to Canada? So I, you know, I think some people did move to Canada, but all of the the big mouth celebrity people they did that on Twitter that were saying they were going to move to Canada, they're all still here. I think their tax burden's bigger there. They're too. all here. Okay, so Robert, back to the back to the article. Yes, polarization. What, in in your opinion, mm-hmm. now you've read this article, right? Yeah. Okay, so in your opinion. Uh, yeah. What do you think has caused the polarization that uh, we're witnessing if I, right now? You know, look, even if it were the bots, and I and we were talking about this before we went to air, it still is instigating that which is within the individual that responds or reacts to it, right? So the fact that so many people just froth at the mouth and then engage in that. Well, but, you know, I hate I hate to say it, but there's a lot of dumb people out there that love to jump on the bandwagon, right? All sure. it takes is, yeah. you know, the mob mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, people are susceptible to that sort of thing. So you get a bunch of people ganging up on somebody, somebody and it's very, very uh, easy for people to fall into that. Right. And they want to join in groups. on it, yeah. which is yeah. the reason why Twitter was so bad before. Yeah. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, it's just yeah. like you would get one person mm-hmm. that had, you know, let's say they had uh, 100,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And that one person that everybody's like, ooh, we're following you because you're great. And that one person would go, I don't like that person over there on Twitter. And suddenly all that person's followers would just just attack mm-hmm. that person's Twitter. And it, I mean, it was constantly going on, these warring factions mm-hmm. and clans on, on Twitter. That this You had all these, there was a term for it. I can't remember what it was called. Some kind of thing when everybody's, someone's followers would attack somebody on Twitter. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, it, the gang it up, but he, the madness of groups. Right. Yeah. Uh, and the frothing at the mouth, the need for what to belong to something. And, and I think about the you know, the sad lives out there that they only find purpose and meaning by attacking something else. And I think 
for me, this is a spiritual deficit more than anything else. And, you know, if we look at, um, you know, we look at polarization again, why are people drawn into that polarization? Look, it's not that you don't have opinions, Super Don, or I don't have opinions about things that could be considered outside of the mainstream or extreme in some ways. But we're also not looking to destroy people who have different opinions than us. And that's where it's gone. If you talk about polarization with kind of a violent tinge, even if just verbal violence, not that uh, names can you know ever really hurt you, but in the sense of where it's coming from, the rage, the anger, the derangement, as we point about Meathead or, or whoever else, uh, you, you've lost a spiritual center somewhere. And recognizing that we all have uh, you know, a, a journey on this planet and we're all going to have different experiences, beliefs about those experiences. And uh, the question is, do they lead us to the, what the, the manifestation of hatred? And I don't mean the fake hate, right? Right. Center for digital hate, right? Center, right. Uh, this thing going after Ty and Charlene and Bobby Kennedy and other people, they're not espousing any hate at all. What are they doing? Providing other options on health and healing, just as we've done. How does that, how does that qualify as hate? Is beyond anybody. Yeah, no, that that guy, uh, Imran, Imran Ahmed. I call yeah, him Nim, Nimrod. What's his name? But, is uh, uh, is going to is suing the the center for the Twitter guy, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, he is. And um, I, I look. If nothing else, I mean, maybe we'll get some discovery. You know, mm-hmm. if it ends up going to trial, which it probably Who's won't. Paying that guy. Who's supporting? Yeah, it's like what's going money? on there. Something know. something fishy about this center for countering digital hate, because you know, what he was doing, it just didn't make sense. It didn't go along with what, mm-hmm. at least I think, the the, the, the organization hate, says they're about. Yeah, when you talk about hate, somebody please define hate as uh, providing alternatives to cancer drugs yeah, there's nothing hateful there at all <laughs> you could disagree you could say you know right. what you guys are wrong yeah your information is incorrect mm-hmm. but at what point did it rise to the level of being something that would be considered hate, hate speech and if it was if it, it was not hateful yeah. then then why are you going after it nimrod yeah. you know well, why are you I, going after these people and i know that He's probably profiting but from somebody, dark money or something. But There's also, an agenda there, for sure. Yeah, look at the freedom of speech that we're supposed to have in America under the First Amendment or acknowledged in it, uh, by the First Amendment. It, it didn't say except for hate speech. Even if it's vile and disgusting, it was really written so that people that ha- have horrible opinions well, could also speak. It used to be. At least I, I, I seem to recall. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It used to be that if somebody... Went into the town square, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether it's literal town square or a virtual town square, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Uh, and they, they said something really messed up. What happened? People shouted them down. People tell them, go away. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. maybe that one guy would get out there and then grab him by the earlobe and, mm-hmm. and, and write him, you know, run him out of town. Yeah. And then it was, it was done. It was over, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's become a, a now it's, state oh, of dementia. This guy said something mean. Okay, that sucks. That person sucks. You need to tell that person they suck and 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 rub some freaking dirt on it and move right. on. You know, we don't have to turn this into something where we're going to lobby our uh, our senators and our congressmen Super to pass deep. legislation to censor people. You Maybe know? we're already in that 
the what mental health disorder scenario before the age of 75. This article that you found on From Medical Express, it says half of the population to have a mental health disorder by 75. I think we're already there at 25. You know, for some people. people that are yeah. already in that state. Uh, it, it, you know, what am I defining as a mental disorder? I'm not going into the DSM four, five, or six, which is the psychiatric Bible that has no uh, analysis based on a, a you know a objective test of any kind, blood test, urine test, hair now, anything like that. These are all behaviorally defined. But this global study, co-led by research from the University of Queensland and Harvard, have found one in two people will develop a mental health disorder in their lifetime. I think we're already there or beyond that based on just the woke ideologies. And if there is an ideology associated with woke, I mean, it's whatever uh, the profiteers are manipulating people in. Talk about polarization. There are instigators. You know, whether you go to WEF or deeper that are facilitating this deranged behavior. And yeah, you've got some some markers here. Three most common mental health disorders among women. uh, Depression, specific phobia, a disabling uh, anxiety that interferes with daily life. Okay. And a post-traumatic stress, which I think many of us have gone through just because of COVID. People are stressed and, and traumatized by what went on, especially young people, in those three years or so. And the three most common mental health disorders among men, alcohol abuse, depression, and specific phobia. So there's common de- uh, depression-specific phobias on so both lists. why are we not looking at what is the underlying cause of these things, exactly. right? I mean, yeah. what what is causing somebody to be depressed? Mm-hmm. You know, we could go point by point here. You know, yeah. uh, I think probably the only thing here really that um, you can look at and go, okay, um, y- yeah, I mean, these things happen, and it's happened for a long time, would be PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, traumatic experiences, things happen in people's lives. Uh, those things happen. They've always happened. And those things need to be dealt with however they should be, whether it's, you know, counseling or, or you know, preferably not pharmaceuticals. But, you know. Um, but if yeah. someone were to say, Superdome, what have you what have you to be depressed about? Right. Or anybody just like yeah. that. You'd, be, you, you'd have a list of like, well, this has gone wrong. This has gone wrong. I lost this. And you're like. Okay, you're depressed about something. Now, the question is whether it's a debilitating depression where somebody says, oh, I need a drug to lift me back up. And they, you know, if it's officially FDA sanctioned, it could be more dangerous than what you might get on the street corner. I'm just saying. It could be. But but with that that being said, I mean, you know people, I know people that have uh, had severe depression. And for whatever reason, you know, the thing is the drug companies can't tell you how the drugs work. Okay, right. they don't. They don't. They, yeah. they just kind of assume they think they know, and they, and they even say so in their drug commercials. But there mm-hmm. have been people that have used uh, um, antidepressants mm-hmm. and gotten some results from them. The question is, is it supposed to be a lifelong thing? No, I, I think it, the, those drugs were designed to address a temporary scenario. and Like, like off of it. so many other things you talk yeah. about, you know, crisis intervention, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't did. know people on a permanent state of drug dependency for these things, you never get to address what really ails you. And if we talk about depression, you know, I've talked over the years about the the pendulum swing, right? You have a depression on one end, you have anger on the other end, and you have frustration in the middle. Okay. And you know, if something goes wrong, like the same question of why are you depressed? You could be asking, why are you angry? You're like, well, cause this went wrong and this, but you, you've got energy. You know, in that anger band, you're like, oh, I'm angry because this and this and these things of you perceive have gone wrong. You've been done wrong, et cetera. And then you might get frustrated because you feel powerless to do anything about it, for instance. 
And so that's another uh, aspect of, of the emotional swings that the human condition can often manifest or you can manifest within it. And then over time, you live with that anger and frustration and you get exhausted. You deplete your resources. We can go to mitochondrial descriptions or otherwise. You just get, man, I'm just tired of all of this. So I've been angry. I've been frustrated. Nothing's changing. And then depression. Then you've got the people who are depressed and they don't know why they're depressed. Sure. I mean, it's true. I mean, it, it just happens. And I know I've, I've had firsthand experience with people um, that have dealt with that. And I think everybody at one point or another probably has dealt with depression to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not here to belittle people that have depression because I, you know, no, I don't understand. Not I'm not, I'm not, not at all. Um, but what I was just, you know, the point I was making is that uh, the PTSD thing that mm -hmm. that I understand, that's something that is serious. OK, yeah. that is um, can By the happen way, we're fi finding out that the uh, nitric oxide pathways helps with depression. Yeah. Well, PTSD or PTSD. Okay. Yeah. Some interesting things coming out about that. So y'all get on the cardio miracle. Now, phobias, mm -hmm. phobias. Yeah. I, I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think everybody can, you probably could find a phobia of some sort for every single person on the mm -hmm. face of the earth. There's something that, that they're just like, Oh, I can't deal with that. Right. Would you, would you agree with that? Do you have a yeah, phobia? Like arachnophobia, fear of do you, spiders. Do you, would you say that you have a phobia, something that would qualify as a phobia, something that you're just like, I can't, I just can't well, do that. I can't be around when, that. When I told you a year or so ago, when I hiked up to the top of the mountain with my daughter in her class, yeah. oh, and I heights. got up to the top, and I've never been afraid of heights, and suddenly I was like looking over the edge, and almost, I, was, <laughs> I was suddenly scared to fall. I'm like, that I've never experienced before, and that right. was new. So maybe I have that until I go back up again. If I do that, I don't know if it's an ongoing thing or if it was like a temporary thing. I don't know what happened, right. but anyway, that might qualify. Right. For yeah. me, uh, as I've gotten older, mm -hmm. I, I, I have a bit of claustrophobia. Being in tight spaces? Yes. Okay. Um, enough, uh, so much so that it will, once in a while, the idea will just like pop into my head, mm -hmm. like in the middle of the night, it'll keep me awake. Just thinking to, about it, right? We need to get you a bigger studio. I, it's not the studio. Okay. It's all in my head. I okay. mean, I know it's all in my head. Right. Um, you know, then, then they talk about alcohol abuse mm -hmm. that really goes hand in hand with depression sometimes sure. and PTSD, right? Mm -hmm. Cause it's self-medication. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these things they can, they can deal with. Um, but the question is, how do you deal with it? And how readily available is that type of assistance that's really going to make a difference sure. uh, available to people? Well, talk therapy, but I, I would not want to overlook the nutrient mineral deficiencies. We've talked about that. Hypoglycemia leading to, you know, brain starvation, which leads to all kinds of aberrant emotions including exhaustion and depression when you don't have the energy for the brain itself, it could be anger as well. That's what we see uh, with hypoglycemia. So getting on the glucose sugar balance would be of help. I believe that. And I'm not saying that to sell, because I don't sell anything, but you can go over to choosetobehealthy.com and get the uh, food research glucose sugar balance that has the vanadium and chromium in their whole food form. And I would take uh, one capsule three, maybe four times a day to correct that. Uh, so there's a relationship between the phys physical body, the physiology, the functioning, the substances that you do need, and that doesn't include SSRIs, even though, again, as Superdon said, it's not like there's never been somebody that got on and said, oh, man, I feel so much better. But is that a lifelong scenario now? You become basically a chemical to, to modify. Uh, is that really, you know, what humanity's intention was? Or is it a self-regulating mechanism that if we give the body what it needs, remove that it doesn't, and there's a correction. 
I'm not trying to oversimplify it because, again, there are nuances and uniquenesses to everything, including the emotional experiences of abuse, all kinds of abuse in childhood, et cetera, that impact our emotions, too. Why do some people... And that would be the PTSD, right? Sure, sure. That would play out that way as well. But uh, I'm going to go for the new listeners. I, I went through the swing of anger, frustration, depression to give you the key remedies to, to look up in the Materia Medica and study. And there are more than these, but this is the, the classic way to go. When you have the intense anger, you look in the Materia Medica and you get stramonium, S-T-R-A-M-O-N-I-U-M, is the remedy for that intense anger. Really angry. If you're dealing with frustration, that silver nitrate in homeopathic form, Argentum nitricum. I don't, you know, I don't say this every day we're on the air, but occasionally if you've been with me long enough, you've heard me say this before. These are jumping off points. So if you're feeling frustration, the homeopathic remedy is Argentum nitricum. It doesn't drug you out of it. That's not how homeopathy works, but it somehow brings you back to a, a balanced place or space to deal with these things. And then for depression, one of those remedies that's classic is sepia, S-E-P-I-A. There are others, but I just wanted to roll those out for you for, the, for those of you who want to try these things help break some of the cycles so you know uh, it would give me anxiety depression and maybe anger what would that be if i were going through what your mom's going through right now oh good lord and i'm right right on the edge of that mom <laughs> says i'm without my computer it was hacked and it is a geek squad for a couple of days all right that mom, sucks. Well, all the best in getting that computer back on i'm glad somehow you're figuring out a way to listen to us without your computer i am impressed i am impressed Mom at 89. We don't realize how important these things are to what it is we do until they don't work right, right? Yeah, exactly. Or when when you come home, I don't think I mentioned this on the air. I came home the other day, Mm -hmm. had been gone for, uh, it was was Saturday when I went to go visit my sister. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I I put one one of the dogs in the office here in the studio. Yeah. um, And another dog somewhere else, I kind of separate them so they don't get into trouble and and stuff. Well, Holly... I got bored and chewed through my uh, my internet cable. <laughs> when I go, home, I'm like, I don't have any internet. I can't work. Right. Does anybody what have do a I cat do? that's ever chewed through their internet cable? Because I think cats are smarter than dogs. And that's yeah. 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 They just like, no, I'm not going to chew through that cable. That's just not interesting. Uh, and dogs are like, chew through that cable. Yep. Now people that love dogs are going to hate me. No, I'm just saying there are differences. There's things uh, cats do that you. They're like kids. Our kids did dumb stuff too right. when they were grown up. So, yeah. Chewing on lay off the dogs. Come right? on. <laughs> I'm just trying to polarize the conversation. I guess. You yeah, there see. you go. That's <laughs> one of them. Dogs sleeping together or living together, whatever it was. Oh my gosh. So, uh, all right. Mental disorders predicted uh, by 75. I think we're already there and they're not addressing again, the spiritual component in that it's all about maybe drugs and the therapy. toxicological, uh, yes. uh, you know, yeah. angle on that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we've talked about this before, and I've ranted on it about how nuts it is that we're just surrounded by, you know, just poison everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it's it's not it's not you touch it and you die like fentanyl, right? Yeah, not fentanyl, fentanyl. <laughs> I hate that fentanyl. There is no such thing. Uh, but Oops, it's 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 the slow poisoning over years and yeah. years and decades and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and um, you know, I mean, I'm. I'm not going to say it makes frogs gay, but I, I think it might. It's, it's possible. I think it sounds sounds reasonable to me. But yeah. uh, you know, right. it's making people sick, and it's causing people to have mental illness. I think to the credit of of dog lovers everywhere, Leslie says she had a cat that chewed through the cords too. 
and her dog. So right, again, it's not go. just dogs. So I, I can't be polarizing the, the audience now. It's both. <sighs> yes. Individualization of dogs and cats too. Yes. All right. Well, how about something else that's killing people? Uh, what really? a lovely show of death we're having yeah, today. Something yeah. else that's killing people. We've talked about this before, right? Yeah. Medical errors. And this is, uh, this is specific in diagnosing disease. What have I said? The most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good. What? Medical insurance. This meets that condition perfectly, doesn't it? Because you go to the doctor because you've got coverage to cover the doctor. The doctor gives you a diagnosis for a disease that you don't have and gives you a drug for it that provides you with direct effects that are not marketable, marketable, a.k.a. side effects, that manifest as diseases you didn't have that will be met with more drugs that you didn't need. And on and it goes until you die prematurely. And this article says it leads to nearly 800,000 deaths, disabilities in the U.S. each year. And that's not, that's just one part of medicine. And that's a, that's not even an accurate number, in my opinion. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of these things don't get caught. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got somebody, and I'll give you, I'll give you an example. My dad. Okay. um, My sister was advocating for my dad. And when he was going through what, you know, he went through after his stroke. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I won't hesitate to name names here. Kaiser Permanente uh, was largely responsible for my dad's death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, had, it, had my sister not been there, he would have died much sooner yeah. than he did. Um, and there was a, a, an instance where he, uh, he had a brain bleed. But the doctors uh, just wanted to dismiss what it was he was going through and send him home and just, oh, that's just, you know, he had the stroke and that's, that's uh, you know, normal and all like that. And she knew because, you know, I mean, you know your parents, right? You know how they act and you know something's off. Yeah. And she knew something was off. And she, uh, she insisted that they do an MRI and a, and a CT to figure out what was going on because something was just not right. And it turned out that he had a brain bleed, and they they were they were just didn't even want to bother to try and even, you know look at what's going on. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, when it came down to it, you know, the, they um, it was their incompetence mm-hmm. that caused him to to die and to well, to even have the stroke to begin with. Yeah. Remember John Hewlett's example, his story, having a cardiac event, and then they go in for some kind of surgery procedure, and they nick a, a vein, he starts internal bleeding, and then they say, oh, come back, we need to do more surgery on you. He's like, no, thank you. And yeah. he was inspired to develop what became known as Cardio Miracle because he didn't want to die due to medical error, yeah. I or whatever it might be called. Uh, so errors leading to 800,000, and I think, yeah, I agree, it's more than that. Many of them are not caught every year. This is out of Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, this report. Uh, remember, it was also uh, Barbara Starfield in the year 2000 that determined that modern medicine was the third leading cause of death due to uh, properly used, administered, and, and uh, prescribed and ingested uh, FDA-approved pharmaceuticals. But it's huge. This is the system that we have. Is it what we deserve? Those of you who don't want to participate in it, are you fined? Are you threatened with other things? That's what Obamacare was about. So this was published in the BMJ. Anything else jump out at you about this? It, it says the top five misdiagnosed conditions were stroke, sepsis. That's like, a, you know, all over your body, infection is ravaging everywhere. Pneumonia, venous thromboembolism, a formation of a blood clot in a vein, and lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Top five misdiagnosed conditions. 
More than half of all serious harm cases were made up of only 15 dangerous diseases, which led researchers to believe the issue may be more manageable than expected. Um, yeah, I, I would say it is more manageable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you through various circumstances that I've been in mm-hmm. with people and, and stuff that um, the healthcare system is just, it's not for health. the most part, no it's, is broken. Yeah. And it's, it, there's so many reasons why. But some of the main reasons are uh, that the, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing. Yeah. How about being you know? trying to tell doctors what to do, how to do it? Well, and that's, of course, absolutely. Yeah. But even just on the basic level. Yeah. I, I know of a person that uh, when it was during the, the COVID situation. Mm-hmm. And they ran all kinds of tests and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that came back in the results on, on the, the tests uh, was that there, the, this, this, this person had an aortic aneurysm, hmm. okay, which is like a weak spot in the, in the aorta mm-hmm. that, you know, like balloons like a bubble, and it's yeah. a weak spot, and that thing can rupture, and you can kill you. Yeah. Uh, and it was in the, in the results. So you had, you had the people doing the scans. Then you got the person that reads the scans, and then has to take the notes as to what it is that they see in the scan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this person didn't know that this had happened or this had result had been written down on the scan until like three years later when they were going through it and they, they noticed that on, the results on one of the scans said that they had an aortic aneurysm. Now, logic would say that if that was the result that came out, even though that person was there for mm-hmm. COVID, yeah, that coming up with a scan result showing an aortic aneurysm, that should have been red flag. Holy cow. Need to do something about this. Let's you know, talk to the doctors. Right. They, and nobody even knew that that result had been written down and that it was in the charts or any of that stuff. Sure. And, and the, the reason they gave, well, you know, it was really busy. Mm-hmm. What do you mean it was really busy? What, what about the Wait, correction, even if they uh, did red flag it? I mean, is it only surgery? Do they know how to regenerate healthy connective tissue? Do but, they I mean, the guy, that? the guy didn't even know. No. He, he didn't even know that that was the case. And mm-hmm. it was like three years later. You know, it's like to me, I'm just like, you know, that's just a basic thing. You would think that somebody would pick up a phone and go, hey, doc, uh, the aortic aneurysm. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, you've yep. got an aortic aneurysm. We need to do something about that. Selenium, copper, silica. None of those would be recommended by the doctors, even if they've red flagged this person. They don't have the tools to address connective tissue disorders other than to try and give you a, you know, a repair later, a bypass later, a, a mesh, a, a stent. A, what else? Oh, let's give you a titanium implant instead of the bones that you have that you were given, your hip, your knee, whatever. Do you see how this system is so so bad from word go other than for acute interventions and even then they missed one that could have killed somebody in terms of cardiac events like w- with an aortic aneurysm another thing when we talk about uh, ailments and illnesses and diseases is the overuse and abuse of uh, or the use at all of toxic pesticides how much of that is impacting not only our microbiome the pests in our gut that are helpful but the nervous system resulting in what uh, premature or or dementia at any age uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Have y'all switched over to Orange Guard yet? If, I mean, probably most of you in this audience are not using, you know, nicot- neonics or other t- uh, toxic organophosphate pesticides or other things. But 
orange guard as an option, delimonene. And, and in fact, delimonene has been studied as an ingredient. Uh, I think it was University of Arizona we covered this years ago with uh, orange TKO years ago um, that they discovered delimonene actually has anti-cancer properties as well. But the orange guard is available at your local Whole Foods store. And if not, please let them know that you want it. So as Super Don mentioned yesterday in the bonus round, one of the things you can do to help us and help good good people like Tor at Orange Guard is to talk to these retailers about the products that they should have, or if they have them, say thank you. Orange Guard is one of them, Delimini. And you can get it at Ace Hardware stores as well as direct, but um, Orange Guard is a, an amazing product. Again, Delimini-based safe pest, pest management uh, without harming your organic uh, fruits and vegetables or your animals or your kids. You can use it in your kitchen, no problem as well. I, I'm I'm amazed though, you know, with all of the uh, uh, apricots I've been cutting down. I'm not cutting down. I mean, catching, collecting, and all the other that. I I, I can't get them all. They're, they're coming down too fast, and and some of it, you know, bugs will get. But it's a fraction of the bugs, you know. When I was back east, you know, I'd be collecting uh, fruit from a tree, and I'd be eaten up by mosquitoes and other things. And I don't have that, so I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, you know, the delimiting. For instance, in the uh, in the kitchen, I would have if I if I left an apricot out for a second that had an, like a little opening or a bruise on it, in Florida, bugs would be all over. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, so depending on where you are, the orange guard may be more critical for you inside to protect yourself and keep those little bugaboos away. Uh, so thank you to Orange Guard for that, as well as uh, you know what are the other things that result in neurological degradation, all kinds of oxidative stress all kinds of nutrient mineral deficiencies. And remember the Chernobyl level antioxidant known as Folium PX, Folium PX products, foliumpx.com, RSB 10 to get a 10% discount. And you can get that uh, direct mostly. Uh, I don't think those are sold in stores per se, but some doctors do carry it. Uh, but the Chernobyl level antioxidant is a wonderful, wonderful adjunct to many other therapies to break through that ceiling in your healing if you've gotten stuck. Mom's out there on the dance floor again, thanks to Folium PX. So check that out. Shout out to Bobri. He'll be with us at a number of events, including the Cancer Control Society event and upcoming, not this weekend, but next, it's the Red Pill Expo with G. Edward Griffin. So come out and get some folium at that in Des Moines, Iowa. That's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. So what else we got? We got the Health Freedom Expo coming up. We had uh, the Nutritional Frontiers, the Specialized Pro-Resolving Mediators. They're on sale, I believe. The SPM Liquid is on sale. The Super Creatine is on sale. Look at this, dude. Is that as big as Superdon? No, I don't think so. But I, if yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna. Not there yet. You're not gonna try show and compete. Yours? No. Super creatine. This is a formula that allows me to be able to take something I would not take before. Creatine. This is a very comprehensive formula, and uh, I've been able to put on muscle weight. Like wow, not since college. It's pretty impressive. So 15% off on top of the sale prices for their August deals. And there are plenty. Go to nutritionalfrontiers.com, set up an account, use the code RSB15 on checkout. And of course, today I needed extra of this, <laughs> the CBD hemp organic, because I was just like, honey, come home. I'm over it. <laughs> I need help. Get through the day. So Poor Robert. I know. Did anybody feel sorry for me? I wasn't going for that, by the way. I was just acknowledging and making fun of myself because I'm not super competent in everything. Not that I've ever claimed to be, but I don't know. Do people? Do you know any people that claim to be invulnerable? They have no doubt. I mean, they're probably not alive anymore. But <laughs> it's just 
life, man. We can be good at some stuff and bad at others. It's okay. And there are other folks that we can work with that help and, you know, make our, our, our world complete and better. Yes. And I hope everybody finds that in their life. You complete me. Someone else. You, you complete me. You complete me. You super complete me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now it's getting a little awkward and uncomfortable. Okay. Sounds like maybe Robert, you should maybe drink a kombucha. We need to make a you feel better. Game. Right. Every time I say what word do you guys drink? What was the That's word? Right. It was PCR, right? Before, PCR. Yes. During the early phases of uh, COVID. Yes. The drinking game should be drunk with kombucha. And according to this new study, Medical Express is reporting at a Georgetown University Medical Center. Drinking kombucha may help reduce blood sugar levels in people with type two diabetes. A pilot trial suggests. And it, it seems to be even though there are a wide variabilities in, in microbiome content, so to speak, if we call it that, but bacterial content, probiotic content, whatever you call it, uh, in the various kombuchas, it seems to all have a beneficial effect on the gut. And it goes back at least to 200 BC in China, according to this article, kombucha. And it didn't become popular in the U.S. until the 1990s. Super Don, that's when we were making our own kombucha at home in the 1990s, my wife and I, before we had kids. Really? Yeah, we we had. You know, I didn't even find out what kombucha was till I don't know. It was a long time you, after that. You were sheltered until you came to the Robert Scott Bell show. You knew, and then it became life. a thing. Yeah, it, it became very popular. <laughs> I I've, did tr I've tried. A, I've tried a few different uh, mm -hmm. kombuchas, and some of them are good, and some of them are like whoa. <laughs> um, but they're yeah. they're slightly at least the ones I've tried. They have like a tiny bit of alcohol in them. Yeah. Um, you, there are hard kombuchas too. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you ever see the scoby, the thing that it's made that grows when you make it? I think I have. Yeah. It's like a thick gelatinous kind of goo, gross right, thing. Right. But you can. In fact, we had it with Leslie. Uh, um, who who brought it? Was it Sherry? Who brought it? Or was it Lorelai? Somebody brought. Or was it Laura? Who brought the scoby and broke them up into pieces so everybody could go home and make their own? I forget, Leslie. If you can remind me, uh, right. that was very nice. But the kombucha we, is great. And I know that Leslie's James loves kombucha. And I, I think I, one of the stores we went to, I bought uh, some kombucha. And one of their daughters did not like it. <laughs> Gave it to James. Uh, but it's good stuff. I enjoy it. And it is good for you. And now there's science to show it can help with blood sugar issues as well. Although not as quick, not as fast, not as rapid as getting the 100% whole food form of chromium in you. We do that with the food do research. Do both, right? Yeah, do both. Why not? Take your take, take your chromium with, with, with some kombucha. kombucha. Yeah. Right? Get the food research of glucose sugar balance from Jonathan, choose to be healthy.com, RSB5 discount code. And they carry all the sovereign silver, sovereign copper, Argentin 23, whole food nutrition stuff. And you'll, you know, go to Jonathan if you haven't already. Uh 866 424 1077. 866 424 1077. So super don, as we we do have a few minutes left in the show. Have we been getting some calls, people saying why they listen to or watch the Robert Scott Bell show? People want to win. Some we have. Cups. I need to. I need to download a few more. Have you heard any of them? Have you listened? They have. I have. What's your uh, your first impression? How are they coming in? They're bringing yeah, it. They're coming in. They're they're very reminiscent of the last time that we did this, and we've got some good ones. We got. I haven't. I haven't heard ones. any yet where people say I hate your show, <laughs> but please send me some apricots. Yeah, I know. I haven't gotten eligible. that one yet. They are eligible because yeah. we're gonna. Here's what I've decided to do. Mm. We're gonna give away three bags of them. And uh, we're going to do two randomly. So everybody gets a chance, no matter you know if, what they say, if it's good or bad, doesn't matter. Uh, and then one 
I think Super Don, you and I will pick out like our favorite one. Okay. And then we'll give give that as well, and, and we'll find out how to ship it to them. Again, domestic U.S., because it's not like a T-shirt where you can send it internationally. Uh, produce, they tend to frown on that. So if you're – you can and call I think, in from anywhere, I think. I want to play them all, too. I want people to be able do. to hear all of them. Okay. Um, so we're planning on doing this on Friday. Okay. Maybe with, when Michael Bolden – With Michael Bolden. With yeah, during fun. the Michael Bolden hour. Okay. That'll be great. Yeah. Now, tomorrow I have Jonathan Emord already set up uh, and another great conversation with Jonathan for the Sacred Fire of Liberty uh, hour as well. And then let's looking at what else is coming up uh, on the calendar here uh, for tomorrow's show. Um, looks like, J- oh, Jim Evans, we've had on before from Trinity School of Natural Health. What a great guy. Uh, in trinityschool.org, they're starting up uh, the next round as well of classes, trinityschool.org and Body, Mind, Spirit. And folks, whether you're a layperson or you're a medical doctor, you can and will benefit from the Trinity coursework for a wide variety of things you can learn and to the benefit of yourself and others, trinityschool.org. So check that out. All right. What else we got in the chat room? Anything going on? Mom says she was hacked. She's got a computer problem. That's no fun. I'm on the edge with this one. I don't know. Like I said, it, it's like having some issues. I did back it up the other day, so I feel okay. Not that I'm thrilled if it breaks down, but how do you how do you get a Mac and iMac fixed? Can you do that remotely, or do you have to bring it into a, a, a an Apple store? Does anybody know, know how that works? It's you might be able a, to get it done remotely, I it's guess. Not, but. It's not like under warranty or anything. So Yeah. You just have to find somebody local there that works on computers. Okay. Hmm. So. Hmm. Oof. I got to clean the kitchen before my honey comes home tomorrow night late. We got a lot to do. No, it's not that bad. I, I, if she's listening, the, I don't want her to think it's a disaster, but it's just hard to keep destroy up. Destroy the evidence of the, the big kegger that you had while she was gone <laughs> by the way my son and his roommate can you hear I can that here i can hear the cat yes it's not time cat thinks it's time to eat that's not not time yet why are you bothering see there, that's another reason no one's home so she's bothering me the cat's like wanting to chew through my ankles or something <laughs> i fed you what's your problem uh i i was uh um I'm going to say my son and his roommate, because he moved out, I don't know, three weeks ago, a month now. And uh, they invited me over for dinner last night, which was nice. Oh, cool. A little spaghetti dinner, and uh, they're doing well, learning their way. Both of them are learning how to cook and do things. I was very impressed and uh, very proud of them. They're doing great. And then we learned, I asked you if Ty was going to be on today. He said he would have been on last week, but I was gone. Uh, But apparently his daughter, Brianna, is moving out and in with some friends. So he's got to help her move. So I guess it's the season where and us old people and our kids are moving out. What and my what? son, my yes. adult son, who's lived with us for quite a while now, yeah, um, is getting into his own place and he's taking possession of the uh, the place in two days. So I'll be I'll be helping him move out, and we're gonna have uh, my wife is just like craft room. Oh, she's <laughs> craft room. room. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I like it. So. so Empty nesters we will be, or we're on our way, for those of you who have young kids. The one thing I'm excited about is that none of the kids are going to school for the first time in, what, how many years? I'm like, and now it's back to school time already, people? I'm like, 
I'm not engaged in any of that. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't have to worry about school supplies mm-hmm. and clothes and all that stuff. Yeah. Of course, if you're homeschooling, it doesn't matter. Leslie knows that. Uh, you got your own sequence, which I'm very impressed with anybody that does that. Well, we were doing private school the whole time. You know, all that money that you think you'd save, like, no, it goes right into their education if you're not homeschooling them. And even if you homeschool, there are some elements of, of cost there, too, just in time and sure. some supplies. But, um, you know, it's just a, it's a different time. It's like, wow, okay, we've entered a new era. And uh, as I said, I don't know if I like it yet. I think I do, but it's it's an adjustment. I'm in an adjustment phase. Still it have is. my daughter living at home, technically, so I'm, I'm not all all gone yet. Yeah. Well, yeah. hang on. Yeah, hang on to that as long as you can. I know. I know. I know. You miss it when it's not there anymore. Yeah. Oh, what a wild time. That's why with my son, I mean, just like, you know, he's an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you have to treat him as an adult. It's, uh, it's weird. Yeah. So, but it's nice to have them around. But now we'll have a little more. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm so busy, I probably won't notice. <laughs> that is true. All right, we got a bonus round coming up for those of you who haven't commented or asked a question and are too uh, like shy to do so when we're on the regular couple hours of the show. Join us now and uh, let us know if there's something you want to bring up, something you want to talk about or ask. Let's do that. Any more announcements I've forgotten, we'll hit that as well. Remember all the sales, the discounts, all the wonderful things at robertscottbell.com. Please sign up for the newsletter that occasionally Super Don sends out. Um, we are going to attempt something new. We've got Super Don and I have a meeting after the show today with a wonderful woman named Anna, who we met at the, I think I met her before, I can't remember now, but at Leslie's fa- RSB Family Union. And she works with Spirit PR and Kevin Tuttle, uh, and she does some of the, what we call social media stuff yeah, for Karen Gregson. And we might be able to tap into her. She's offered a, a, an option to kind of work with her to start out and see what it's like and maybe take some of the burden off of Super D. We don't know, but that's what we're going to talk with her about. Just to get, let you in. And the only way it's possible is because you guys support us. So thank you for all the new patrons and um, and even just by supporting those who support us, it's, it really does make a difference and it matters so that we can uh, address these things and grow and get the, the outreach going, reach more folks and help them and bring the power to heal back where it belongs. And, you know, that's with each and every one of you. So with that, let's take a pause and remind you, as I always do, remind myself, the power to heal is yours. What the heck? We're going to the Twilight Zone? And if so, why? Did I miss a memo? That wasn't the button I was supposed to push. Oh, okay. Which one was, was it? I was going to be the do the big thing there, and all of a sudden I just blew it. What is the big thing? No. Man's overbite. This this was the song yesterday when you asked the question when we yeah. had uh, disco? Jamie Dorleon. Yeah. And you're saying, what song do you think of when when, when I say t- when I say disco? Right. When you go back to that era. This is the song popped into my head, but I, I didn't know the name yeah. of it, and so I figured it out. This well, is we the song the, I think of. You you played "Do the Hustle" yesterday. "Do the Hustle" was another yeah. one. That was the second yeah. one that I had to come up with because I couldn't remember the name of this. Right. This is a great song. Well, you remember this? Beethoven, so what are you gonna do? Oh, right? but it's a disco version, right? It's called uh, that's that's Beethoven's fifth. 
Yes. Symphony, I guess, or right. whatever. And, what and did they this call was it for disco. A fifth of Beethoven. A fifth is what, of Beethoven. Yes, is what that was called. That's right. A fifth of so Jack. It just no. it bugged me all day yesterday, and I had to like look it up, and I'm like googling. I'm like classical song made for disco, and I, then I ended up finding it. <laughs> okay. So hmm. anyway, nah, just I've had disco on the brain ever since yesterday because it was Sorry something you know. Now you're you're. How many two, years older than I me? I thought I was only two years older than you, but am I more than that? You're uh, 57? Are you double yet? Right? Are you double nickels yet? Uh, I will be in December. That's right. So, yeah. So, a little over two years. Two and yeah, a half about years two years. So, yeah. that song there came out in 76. Mm-hmm. So, so you were seven or eight? I would have been eight years old. Yeah. Um. But I remember, I remember disco. I mean, how could you not, right? It was that era. I was born in 68. Yeah. So it was a big deal. Disco was, was hot, and then it was not. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it came and went pretty quickly. Yep. So Leslie has a question. What is the iPad you saw? said you bought for your daughter? I'm looking for one for Anna for that digital art. Yeah, and, and so what happened was, you know, we had over the years a few iPads, just basic stuff. And then Ariana, a few years back, I don't know, said, Dad, can I get an iPad Pro? And I went online. I looked at the prices. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so then I went on, like, you know, the version of, uh, like, Craigslist. I don't even think that's around anymore. But that concept where you'd go online, find it, Facebook, Marketplace, different things. And I found one for, like, 500 bucks at the time, some years ago, which was, like, less than half of what this thing was. And it was in great shape, relatively new, and all, and, all the, and had the uh, iPad pencil and stuff that came with it. And so it's been great. I think she's had it now four years, and she does incredible artwork on it. So it's an iPad Pro. Now, again, you can buy them new for ridiculous money, but we bought one used, and it's been great. So that would be my suggestion for those that are really into the art of it. Uh, that thing has been – you've seen what Ariana has drawn, stuff I've, I've shared. She's, she does that stuff on the iPad? Well – she does stuff on canvas paper too, yeah, or whatever. A lot yeah. of her art is digital art that she does. And I watch it. And the thing is when you do that, what's really cool is that it takes, you know, snaps videos of everything you do and you can play the entire sequence of how she created the image from start. Oh, that's cool. And yeah. it just automatically. So you're like, Whoa, this is what you did. This is how you did it. And, uh, I don't know. It's a whole other level for me, uh, but I, I just huh. can appreciate it. If you, and I noticed that Anna, uh, um, that's, uh, Leslie's, daughter of Hmong six uh has a, a great proclivity for art and does really cool stuff and i think she would really do well with that so uh if she's up for it that's what i did so right. gretel cool. play, did roller disco apparently yeah you know we were talking kind of i think we mentioned that yesterday and i just that was just one of those things i couldn't figure out because mm-hmm. you know everybody want to go to the the roller rink and you know mm-hmm. of course you want to go your friends are going or yeah. the school has a, a a roller rink night you know whatever we thing all and awkward around the everybody's course. you know slow dancing backwards yeah. you know on the right. roller skates and all this stuff and, and you know those are all the cool kids mm-hmm. you know i was the guy that was hanging on to the the, the rail you know oh god fall down you know well besides being awkward in terms of balance were you awkward around the girls or were you a player oh dude i was the biggest nerd in high school yeah or well, in school, really. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I, when I got when I got into high school, I mm-hmm. uh, well here. Okay, so here's the story. <laughs> uh, first off, um, my parents were not really down with the idea of, of dressing 
with the current the fads of the day. Yes. So I got I I got to dress in kind of either like you know Amish my par- clothing. You know, bought my pants at Kmart, and you know, and and, and it was you know. The styles were a little bit outdated, mm-hmm. and I had high water pants. You know, I mean, it was just, I, it just was what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wear contact lenses. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have horrible eyesight. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, you know, when you're a kid, yeah. th- there, were, there were no contact lenses. That was not a thing when we were kids. No, I was glasses since. Uh, so, young, you yeah. know, I mean, these, re- these reading glasses, I, I use reading glasses on top of, you know, my prescription mm-hmm. just because I'm stubborn. I haven't gotten a new prescription. But, right. uh, the glasses I had were like the the, the unbreakable plastic yeah. frame, you know, Horn things like that. Rims. And the the lenses were like this thick, Coke you know. It so, yeah. dude, it sucked. It really sucked. And and Poindexter. I was lucky enough that when I was in, I think it was towards the end. When did the movie Revenge of the Nerds come out? I, I'll have to look up that, the date on that. Was that but, late 80s? Oh, and, then, and then the Buddy Holly story, uh-huh. you know, and these things came out and stuff like that when I was very young. And yeah. so it was right at perfect time for me to look just like the nerds in the movie, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yes. I, got, I got made fun of a lot when I was mm-hmm. in, in school. And it wasn't until I got into high school and I got around mm-hmm. 16 years old or so like that mm-hmm. when I managed to get contact lenses. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my self-confidence you know, uh, got a huge boost and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I went from being a nerd to being just a regular guy, you know, and, and I was able to what? smoking in the boys room. Da, da, da. Right. Um, I started doing that, uh, at an earlier age. Yeah, <laughs> That was part of the thing. You know, I had, I had self-confidence issues. So I, you know, I, I would latch on and hang out with people who would accept me. Right. Right. And so a lot of those people were not people Kids on that, the wrong uh, side of the track. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. So, yeah. you know, those are the things. You know, as 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 a parent, when you have kids and you've gone through that, you know what to look for mm-hmm. because you know you did it the wrong you way, and so you want to make yeah. sure they don't do it the wrong way too. But in most cases, kids are going to do whatever they're going to do. Leslie All you can do is try. Roller rink. I bet she could like turn around, twirl, and and skate backwards. Leslie, couldn't you? You were one of those. I hated those kids. <laughs> I was like, good dude. I did. It's like, I come fair. on. I can't even like hardly stand on these things. And you're sitting there. See, here's your, you being polarized all I the way. I know. It's just, it was envy. 1984, Leslie says, Revenge of the Nerds came out. How about that? There you go. That's Graduated my freshman year. year. That was a graduation that year. That was my freshman year. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I think it's junior high is when the kids really start being mean to you. Mm. You know, I mean, does that sound right to you? Right about that's. When you're in, yeah, in elementary school, mostly everybody's just kind of friends with each other because they're young. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get into that junior high area of seventh and eighth grade, that's when suddenly now cliques start yeah. forming and people are being mean to each other and stuff like that. And by the time you get into to high school, you know, freshman year, I mean, it's all, it's open season at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I think that's the adolescence, the shift. But yeah. remember that peer pressure and the clicks don't go away as adults. It's rare that you can break through and start loving all, you know, it doesn't matter if you disagree with people. You still have a great love and appreciation for them because they're part of the human family. Yeah. Lori could do the roller skating uh, like that in her teen years. She could do circles and backwards and two-step. Oh, my gosh. Two-step. Coordination. That is some coordination there. You do two-step. On I don't skating. even know. So, yeah, the roller skating thing was not something I got to. Yeah, it's beyond my level of coordination for sure. 
So anyway. All right. Well, hey, it was a fun show today with uh, Dr. Layla Ali, the different Layla. Yeah, was she was great. good. And uh, oh, you know what? What? I don't think I ever put it in the chat room, so I'm going to do it now. Mm -hmm. This, I'll send it to you too. Yeah. If you want to check out her comedy bit, there's like a five minute bit that she oh, did there. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Long Beach. All right. Uh, Remedy, it looks like the finale is tonight. They only have seven episodes. No, eight. Episode eight is the finale. So um, there, you have a little bit more chance to see episode seven and then episode eight, the grand finale. So if that's ending uh, tonight, that means they're probably going to do a replay weekend this weekend. So if you, haven't, if you haven't clicked on the link that Superdon has in, in the show notes and just on the webpage, robertscottbell.com, just to watch them for free, if you've missed any episode, you'll have this weekend that you can binge watch it or buy it. In fact, even better and share it because they have all kinds of ways you can do that. Uh, let's see. Episode eight grand finale just in a few hours called vaccination does not equal immunization. So let's see. It's going into the vitamin K shot, the Hib meningococcal uh, vaccines, pneumococcal vaccines, yellow fever vaccine, and uh, also COVID-19 injections and giving you some more life-saving remedies. Uh, looks like we got a lot of good good folks. Uh, another Layla, Layla Sentner, is featured in it. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Daniel Newsom, our buddy, Doc Newsom, Dr. Paul Thomas, Dr. McCullough, Mike Adams, uh, Attorney Greg Glazer is going to comment, Dr. Brian Artist, Dr. Wakefield, Irvin Sani, Dr. Irv, our friend. Uh, he'll talk vitamin K, Bobby Kennedy, Aaron Elizabeth. Looking at great lineup, uh, Dr. Omar Hamada, NBA Hall of Famer. They've had John Stockton featured in this one, Super Don. Uh, Layla Center. That was Thomas. a cool interview. Yeah. Dr. Thomas Lodi and Joe Mercola. And I, I might even be in it again. I've seemingly been in all of them so far. We'll see what happens tonight. He doesn't want to feature me because I could turn people away. But uh, looking forward to that. <laughs> all right. So I got to ask you, what do you think of this Trump indictment thing? I know that you're going to talk with uh, uh, Jonathan uh, E. Moore Jonathan. tomorrow about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this is full on weaponization of the Department of Justice. This is this is beyond kangaroo kind of uh i mean this is where the, the biden administration and the doj are not even pretending to be a constitutional group of folks i mean the thing is whether you love trump or hate him or are neutral about him seriously what did he say that rises to the level of a felony i don't believe in the results there's a lot of reasons to be suspicious about it even today mm -hmm. so to say that you're gonna you're gonna convict him based on what you think he believed I just think this is a this is only to stop him from running for president. So, okay, with that said, yeah. Do you think he's has a chance of winning at this point with all of these indictments? He's got to have like I right. think I, I if I read I think I read something somewhere where it was saying that he's got like six trials mm -hmm. that he's going to have to go through. Uh yeah, they've tied him up. They're going to try and bankrupt him. Yeah, um, so do you think it's going to work? You think well, he's Well, so far all of this is backfiring. He gets more uh, popular with these things, not less, even though of course some are, like Rob Reiner are never going to whatever, but Well, yeah. I, I I don't know. I can't predict it. Uh, let's we'll have to ask Michael Bolden cuz he predicted some things. He he he's been on, he's been right about so many things on Friday. I I just don't know. It's just the weirdest thing ever. It's unprecedented. It's never happened. Nothing that we're seeing is has a, 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 a let's say other than in banana republics the kind of stuff. But in American right. history, we've never had let's indict a former president who wants to run for president again. So he won't. I mean, for 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 things that are ridiculous. Yeah, 
Anyway, yeah. so okay. I, I just think it makes I'm just the, curious because, I mean, it's, it's everything that's being talked about yeah. right now. So we'll talk with Jonathan E. Mort about that and more tomorrow. Uh, do you do you have a different, a significantly different opinion than mine in this? I mean, I'm, I'm not predicting whether he'll win or lose. That's not my, I, I don't even know. But the exact, the indictment stuff is just ludicrous and stupid. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm having my trouble. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around it because I know that he's the front runner right now as far as polls go. Right. Uh, there are some other contenders, but they don't seem to be like even close to him mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a crazy situation. I don't it, like you. I, I, I don't even know how to compare it to anything there or there's no like baseline. Uh, you know, I just can't, there's so many different crazy things going on. Biden sucks and his approval is terrible. And the idea of him like, you know, winning again is even something that a, a bunch of Democrats can't seem to, you know, get behind. Mm-hmm. You got Trump with all of these indictments and all these things and stuff. And then you got, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I honestly do. That's why I was asking is because I'm confused. You know, as to you know what it is that's going to happen. Now, I, I usually John, you can you can predict pretty well on yeah. stuff. This is a this is insane. What's John happening? Rappaport has an interesting prediction uh, about how the Democrats will win in the end. And he says they'll 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 get Biden out, but only after uh, right before the election or within a few months of the election that they'll finally end the Ukrainian war, make peace with Russia and claim and, that they're the peacemakers. Because, and, but who's going to win? Biden? No. Then then Biden steps aside and they bring somebody else in that that becomes a Democrat savior. But I don't think they want Bobby Kennedy to be that guy. No, know? but no. But the point is, I'm not saying that's what's happening but it's an interesting who would they thought. bring in i wonder i mean many people have been predicting um don't what say was, hillary uh, obama's husband uh what's his <laughs> name what are you laughing <laughs> what did i do michelle obama michelle, is what you're trying to say Michael, okay yes. Yes. uh oh i know i'm so rude but i think that's been predicted for one I don't think that they can get uh, Newsom from California. That guy's got so. Do you think? I mean, it would be a it would be an election of just popularity, is what it would be. Yeah. You know, I mean, we would. And who's predicting what for Bobby Kennedy if they're doing the same thing that they did to Ron Paul on the Republican side? Does he run as a third party candidate ultimately? I don't know if he can. Can he? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I, maybe he could. I don't know. I don't know. This is At this point, he's running as a Democrat. All bets are off on what can happen. So we'll ask Michael Bolden about that on Friday. If he's, He might not be interested in talking about it, but we'll make him talk about it anyway. How about right. that? Okay. Because we're into that, making right. people do what they don't want to do. <laughs> All right. All right. We got a meeting in about two minutes. Oh, okay then. So let's uh, take, it off, take a moment and, and say thank you to everybody for being here. Keep the calls coming in, 866-939-2355, if you'd like to be eligible to win some of RSB's apricots. Freeze-dry. They're amazing. And uh, all you got to do is call that number, leave a message, let us know why you listen to or watch the Robert Scott Bell Show, and you're eligible. And with okay. that, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Jonathan E. Moore, Hour 1, Hour 2. We have uh, uh, Jim from uh, Trinity School of Natural Health and your questions and comments. Thanks for being here. See you tomorrow.